the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. We have a legend in the building. <laughs> How long have I been trying to get you on the show? <laughs> About a year or so. Here's what I will say. The most rescheduled person that I have lost no love for. Well, thank Every you. time you've rescheduled, I've just gained more respect for you. <laughs> well, thank you. I swear it wasn't on purpose. It was all something always popped the fuck up. And there's no point of doing a podcast that you can't do, don't have time to do. It ruins the whole vibe. Yeah, because you're rushing. Yes. And when it feels like an obligation or it's like, I got to do this thing. I never want someone coming on the show because they think they have to. And then it's just so... You know, like you did it when you had the time and we're going to kill it now. That's right. Because I asked the first thing I said when she was like a podcast tour, I was like, please fit Whitney in there. I think I've canceled twice. <laughs> so please, can you please fit Whitney in there? And she was like, OK, we're calling her now. Wild, because I mean, I do think, though, like you've done so much press at this point and now you're about to do a ton for your new show. We're going to talk so much about it. I cannot wait. I've been on the edge of my seat for three years waiting for this show to come out. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because I met you when you was working on some stuff. And um, I came to the uh, setting of the last thing you did and right. and got a bunch of advice that we used during the show. And yeah, it's been three years since I first talked to you about it. And I want to say it went to two now. I think it was like Fox, Hulu. No, it was Fox and it was Fox... Um, Studios, Uh-oh. and then it was Hulu. Fox News. They went to Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It's basically uh, fiction, anyway. Oh uh, yeah, I don't think they take Fox News would take it. <laughs> Fox News is so much funnier than most uh, comedy shows. You got most sitcoms. You got that damn right. But it's been four. It's been five years in the work. I just remember thinking, after what I had been through making TV shows, I was like, I just hope they let Miss Pat be Miss Pat. I just that's all. Like like it, you know, because when. When you're a comedian and you're paired up with writers, they mm-hmm. treat you like you're a child. Shit. That you have to be babysat. Like, you made it this far. You uh, can make thousands of people laugh for a straight hour, mm-hmm. which is so hard to do. You can be on a podcast for three hours and be hysterically fun, like gut-busting funny. Hands down, you're my favorite podcast guest of all time. And you're brilliant and hilarious. So much so, people are going to give you money to be yourself, and now they're like, yeah, I just don't think she should say that. Exactly. It doesn't matter what you think. And that was the hardest part, standing up for what you, you know, for your voice. When you're a comic and the show was about you. And boy, did I go through some shit. And I, I mean, I, I remember, I went I went through three writers. The writer that ended up writing this, the, the pilot, I mean, the whole series was Jordan Cooper. It took <laughs> for three years before I met him. And I remember saying, uh, this writer is not going to work out. You scared. You want the money. You want the opportunity. But I also said to myself, I'm a fucking comedian. You're not going to put me on TV looking like a goddamn fool. And this is not my voice. And be corny. And How be many corny. people do we know that are hilarious on stage? They get a sitcom and it sucks. And you're so like, many. how did this hilarious person? Oh, they went through this machine where a bunch of people were like, No, but we know comedy. We've never done stand-up. We have no life experience. We all went to Harvard. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to tell you what shows should be like. 
I said I wanted a writer who fucking misspell words like I do. <laughs> and then I know they're fucking funny. <laughs> or at least know how to read my misspell fucking words. Even with some of the writers that we chose at the end, you st- I still had to be on top of them and mm-hmm. say, hey, that ain't my- that's not a fucking voice. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. And then, that's what I had to learn. You can't tell a writer in Hollywood, that's not funny. Because they're not used to hearing that. Nope. But I was like, the shit ain't funny. Oh, yep. it's rehash. You think I ain't heard that fucking shit before? Yep, yep. And it, they tried to put a lot of that. And I was like, no, bitch. And I had to tell them, I said, look, motherfucker, my conversation is more funnier than this bullshit that's you right, trying to write. Right. And so I got in trouble a little bit for it, you know, but I stood up for myself. And I'm like, you're not putting this rehash shit in the show. You know, this is my, you. we worked tooth and nail. Like, you finally get this opportunity. And then they're like, but. I think we know better than you. It's like every show you've ever done sucks. The like show you, you came off you of were suck. on Yes, Dear in Veronica's Closet. Like, I don't give a fuck about Like, But when you first start, like when I got my first show, I think I was 27. And I was like, oh, well, these people have worked on a bunch of shows. They're big writers. They worked on Friends. Like, they must be good because otherwise, why would they cost $50,000 a week? Like, I didn't understand that there was this, like, bullshit tenure system where if you worked, you just keep to get, like, you just get to keep working because on a funny it's show. It's called a click. It's right. And you just keep getting jobs because mm-hmm. you got that one job because your dad is an agent at a company and then people just still hire you because they on a show like Friends, when someone says they worked on Friends, you don't know what they did on. You don't know if they how they contributed or if the they motherfucker could have been the coffee guy. <laughs> and just because their name is on it didn't tell you what I learned the most. Just because a motherfucker name is on a strip don't mean they wrote it Mm-mm. because a lot of people names are on my strips. And I can tell you right mm-hmm. here and there. I touched every one of those fucking strips late night. Well, I had to I, go back and put my voice in it. So technically, shit, I wrote every fucking strip and it was my ideal from the start. But <laughs> the problem is we need help. You can't do it alone and you shouldn't you do, can't it do it alone. You can't do it alone. But I tell you, when, if I get a, when I get a second season, mm-hmm. my name will be on every fucking strip. I learned that. Mm-hmm. No, no. You're story not, by for sure. It's, I did get story by. Yeah. But you won't have me up all night long fucking with you. Mm-hmm. But then it gets tricky because then you're like, oh, in order to have a staff that's invested and cares, you have to give them a little ownership so they I feel... I will. It'd be both of us. Yeah, so it's like that thing where you're like balancing of like, okay, you don't want people that just check out because they're like, well, I'm not going to be able to do anything anyway. So you have to sometimes play the game of like, you know, I remember I would... um. I would spend the whole day saying, yes, let's put your pitches in, pitches I hated, and then I would go back and rewrite the whole thing at night because I was like, I don't want them to think that they're never going to get anything in, so they're not going to want to be here. They're not going to try. Well, they're going to know when you rewrite the shit anyway that they didn't get anything in. That was mornings I had to wake up and like, what the fuck? Who wrote this shit? Oh, I remember waking up one day, and it's hard to make me cry because I'm a hood bitch. (laughs) I woke up, I was like, (gasps) and Jordan was in... um, California at the time and I said wake the fuck up and I called him so many times I called his mama his grandmama I said get that motherfucker up and I said did you not look at this fucking strip he was like what's going on I said open your fucking computer we got to write right now and we jumped up and the writer's room started 12 o'clock my time which uh, I lived in I live in Indiana and he got up with me 5 o'clock in the morning LA time and we started fucking writing before we went back to that room but what happened that you got emotional you it was felt insulting or just disappointing it was disappointing? fucking horrible it was so horrible my pussy dried up like a raisin 
<laughs> I can't get no realer than that. Motherfucker gave me raisin pussy and was not coming back to life with just water. Do you remember the California raisins? That's what my pussy looked like. In the commercials? Do you remember yeah. that? Is mm-hmm. that problematic to anyone else? Like, I feel like there's a couple ads from the 90s we need to revisit anyway. Well, that's what my pussy turned into, a California raisin. It wasn't for sale. I read a strip and it dried my asshole out and I couldn't it. But it made it. your eyes wet. Your yeah. pussy was not wet, but your eyes got wet. Yeah. Yeah. I should have put the tears down there. Because they're <laughs> just cry. Just let it drip down in there. You're good. I couldn't up. believe it. I was like, you motherfucker, how you get these writers jobs? And this shit is horrible. The jokes. The jokes were so bad. Mm. The jokes were so bad that I was like, who the fuck told you to write? Who told you this shit was funny? I was asking people like, I said, do you really think, do you really mm-hmm. think this funny? Did you run this by anybody that didn't look like you? But here's you? what I'll say. This is the one thing I will say in their defense. You are a genius. You are, I believe, you are a you are a comic genius. You are a legend. Your experience is so intense and specific. And the way you alchemize that and sublimate that into your work and use it to heal people and make people laugh. This podcast will get funny soon, I promise. How can you expect anyone to be as good as you? That's the other thing. Like, like uh, it took me a long time to go, okay, we just have to have patience with the, because if they could do what we do, they'd be doing it, but they can't. They don't have the brain. They don't have the experience. They don't have the life stories. They didn't take the risks and they're not funny. Funny often comes from adversity. It's like, oh, I feel sorry for you because you didn't have a shitty childhood and you didn't figure out a way to make people laugh. Like, how can I be mad at you because if you could do what I do you'd have your own show but you can I mean if you're a writer writing is just having a fucking imagination Mm -hmm. hell I got a kid that sat around the house that got a fucking invisible friend that cracks me the fuck up (laughs) when they talking to that motherfucker why don't you (laughs) who be feeding the invisible friend (laughs) your next uh, uh, TV show staff should be all invisible writers It might work out better, goddamn it. But I got a kid that sat around with a visible friend and talks. I'm like, this shit is really fucking funny. Yeah. You know, but it's just it's just that they all they all use the same fucking system that they've been using forever. Mm-hmm. And everybody's scared to step outside the box. That's exactly right. There is like a, a very um uh like embedded system that hasn't worked for years, but there's still this, you know. Because all the people that make decisions in Hollywood are business people. They're not creative. The creatives, the 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 executive, the executives at networks, like they went to law school, they went to advertising school, like they don't know what's funny. And then so they're hiring people because they're like, well, they worked on Friends, they worked on Frasier, they must be funny. No. And yeah, and then it's this sort of like shit show of who's going to be the person that steps up and goes like. I guess I have to risk everyone thinking I'm a bitch, which, by the way, my new thing with that, because I used to be like, oh, I can't like stand up to people during the thing. I'm a bitch. They already think I'm a cunt. Yes. I'm good. Like, I might as well. They, You know, if you're in charge in any capacity. You know, only white women be cunts. Tell me about that. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't react to cunts. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know what a fucking cunt was until I moved to Indianapolis and this white dude called his white lady a cunt and she started crying. I was like, what the fuck you crying for? Is that your name? And he said, he said she, and then, so my friend Dion, he had this person, what the fuck is a cunt? And he was like, it's like a black man calling you a bitch. I said, let's whoop that nigga ass. <laughs> cunt is very much like the roughest thing you can call a woman, right? A white Don't, woman because black women don't give a fuck about no cunts. Do 
cunt make out. We don't react to cunt. It's yeah, it's a very um, You like cunt? Who the fuck is cunt? I know somebody <laughs> named cunt. Shit, I think it's a fish called cunt we used to eat, ain't it? <laughs> Cod? Huh? Conk. 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 See? <laughs> See, it's a fish called conk. That's close to cunt. So that's what I'm like. You we eat cunt all day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's no point in worrying about people thinking you're a bitch because they already think that, whether it's justified or not. Yeah, either that or you fucking crazy. And I just told them, I said, this is my project and I'm passionate about and it. And you have to walk down the street every day mm-hmm. answering for it and your name is Miss Pat and your face is Miss Pat and you have to walk through the grocery store and have people, they, here's the other thing, when your name is on a show and you star on a show, no one is like, ah, oh, those writers must have not gotten her. They think it's all, all, it's me. all on you. Everything's mm-hmm. on you. The camera angles, the wardrobe, everything. Yeah. Now I have shit to do with the wardrobe, but it went through rough times, but it ended up being great at the end. Good. But it, it's just so many elements and so many pieces to a project. And, you know, I had my, we had, our, me and Jordan had our hand in every fucking thing because we wanted it to be good. Because you hire people that really don't care, just a paycheck. I seen what happened when you just make your job a fucking paycheck. That's right. I care about this shit. This is me. And I have to constantly tell everybody, hey, this motherfucker say my name. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm the only one got to walk away from this project and be remembered the most. And the only thing that ultimately that I've learned has mattered about viewers and awards, none of that shit. If you can go to bed at night without a pit in your stomach of like, oh, I should have done this. I should have, oh, I shouldn't have, that joke wasn't, why did I do that joke? Just to make that writer not feel bad. Oh. If you can have pride, mm-hmm. that is the ultimate paycheck. Well, I must have did an okay job because I go to sleep okay. Good. I mean, the project, I think we, we put together 10 really good episodes. And, you know, like we didn't just take the first joke that fell out of the air. We really worked for Every storyline we really pushed, we really pushed the envelope. The fucking pilot is about school shootings. So, you know, I wanted people to go like, what the fuck? And I think when they see this show, that's what they will see. And I say it's a grown folk sitcom because we're using, we using language. Mm-hmm. I mean, 98% of this, these 10 episodes, I live this shit. Yep. And that's why I hope it feels so real to the viewer who's at home on their couch watching it. Do you feel like the network was scared? Like, did you feel fear of like, are you sure? We Hulu can? was scared. Hulu was scared. I mean, I, I mean, they said it didn't fit their platform. Well, they were. Re- I had something there as well. Yeah, that they were like, we want edgy, we want super edgy, and they did Rami that show that you know comedian where he's like jerking off a paraplegic person. Like, and I was like, oh, Hulu is the place for creators to be able to be creators and like be edgy and push the envelope. And then they got bought by Disney. I think this you and I cannot be on a Disney platform. No, you yeah. go on a Disney cruise with your kids. Yeah, but I, <laughs> they'll yeah. take your money, but they won't pay you. And right after Disney popped in, they popped me right out of there. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's something. You just I'm said di- I took my kids on a cruise. I just brought I my fucking thousands kids of dollars on that shit, and I just knew I had to hook up to Disney forever. And it's like, no, bitch, you still got to buy tickets. Yep. <laughs> and they put me right on up out of there. But <laughs> I'm glad we found a home that gets the show and understand the show. Good, you know which is BET Plus. I didn't even know BET Plus. I didn't even know they had a streaming service. Yeah. So when they bought it, I was like, who? When did they come around? They're 18 months old, but they they really been great to work with so far. Every network got they fucking up and down. It's, nobody is perfect. 
I think everyone, like when they, when people talk about like channels they like or like, what's this channel? Or like, oh, remember when like USA is doing scripted shows? Always go to the new platforms because they're not at the stage yet where they've made all these deals they have to make good on and put on these bullshit shows because they paid a showrunner and they they had like signed some deal, like pay or play. Like remember when AMC was a like a doctor was about, I don't even know what the fuck it was. It was about Western. movies or Westerns. And then... Uh, Christina Wayne took it over and the, their first show was Mad Men. No one else would make Mad Men, but they're like, we have nothing to lose. Like they put all their energy into it and gave it the ultimate freedom because they're like, we have to make a name. We have to make this show essentially define our network. And the basically everyone's just more involved and care more. So I feel like you're at the perfect place at the perfect time. The I'm younger, the better usually. Well, I'm hoping uh, we are the handmade tales. Uh, <laughs> To, to BET what it was to Hulu yeah cause that shit got Hulu popping yes I did not have Hulu before Handmaid's Tale did you Tale. watch Handmaid's Tale fuck yeah I wanted to see who was cutting off white cliques so <laughs> I, ran right I ran right over there and I was like oh my god this fucking show what is it five seasons in is it nuts oh uh, it's fucking crazy it's nuts I, I say it's the Republican Party <laughs> trying to control the pussy it the, is so um there's it's very rare that like you know as a comic like mm -hmm. when you see people do stand up like it's to really like you're one of the few comics that I will just turn into a fan whereas most comics you're like oh, I would have said that or I saw that coming or yeah. oh, so and so did a joke like that years like you're always kind of working Think. you can't just like surrender and enjoy it the same way so Handmaid's Tale was like one of the only shows I've ever watched since being in TV where I fully was like oh no like I bought it so hard yeah I fucking love the Handmaid's Tale. I just would sob every episode. I didn't sob, but I was like, get them motherfuckers. Get them. I cheered that little strong face main actor on. You know, the one that looked like, you know, the white girl who lead the show? Yeah, I don't uh, know her uh, name. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth, I love fucking Elizabeth Moss. She's be, a genius. She, yeah, I'd be like, kick his ass. I, <laughs> I kick his ass. I'd be screaming, get him. And when she she's at the point when she's getting ready to go back for her baby, I'm like, I don't know. You might have to have another baby. I don't know if you want to go and get that goddamn baby. <laughs> Maybe Lee. So your version of Handmaid's Tale, we did a, 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 a spinoff starring Miss Pat as a handmaid. I'd have shut out them white men. <laughs> you'd have been there. You, you would have held me down, been taking my pussy while another baby holding my hand well what this bitch back here for then we don't need her what is she the referee <laughs> well i think the point was that <laughs> she could having... feel the dick white man ain't got that kind of dick okay <laughs> anybody got that kind of dick where you you can hold my arms down and you can feel the pain bitch you don't get your hands off me <laughs> but wasn't the idea that they would they would have sex with the handmaid and then the, the wife would hold the arms. commander's wife was like so you're looking in the commander's wife's eyes and pretending that that's her vagina i would be like you know this is my pussy again <laughs> right i'll interrupt all the nuts you know he's fucking me right woman <laughs> he would have never been able to nut. I'd be like, if you, I'd be like, his dick ain't shit. I see why you prefer to be in mines than you. <laughs> no, you would show up and be like, why are you guys looking for babies? I have twelve at home. You can have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have three sets. Look, of kids I'd be I'm like, raising. I would, I would be like, there's no need kidnapping me. Did I tell y'all my tubes is tied? So this pussy is dust. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she had to say was the day they kidding. Oh, my tubes is tied. They let her go. Because <laughs> they just wanted people who reproduced. It's dark, isn't it? It's dark, but it's really good. It's a really good show. I have so many questions for you, and I don't want to keep, but I do want to talk about your show uh, as much as possible because I, ca I cannot wait uh, to watch it. I don't want to ask you a bunch of questions that people have already asked. 
the brilliant stories, the brilliant jokes about getting hit by a dump truck and your <laughs> nipples shot off. You've, Thank you. you've had to Thank do it too you. many times. Watch Rogan, watch Charlemagne's show. There's, there's, you know, I'm not going to make her uh, repeat herself. Um, I do want to talk about, because I've been listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of my podcast, because yours is 30 minutes. Mine is three hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> um, and I heard you were banned from Facebook. I was banned from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so racist Nazis don't get banned. So I'm curious. It was a 30 day ban and it was uh, a Netflix. I shot a, a quarter hour for Netflix and I did a bit about my granddaughter talked too fucking much. And I was like, that's why my that's why my son is not going to marry your mama. And the little girl, my, and it was a true story. My um, I picked up my granddaughter and she said, grandmama, my mama said you get on her motherfucking nerve. And I said, your motherfucking mama get on my motherfucking nerve. And I'm I the did. type of grandmother that still fuck. <laughs> Don't bring them ugly ass kids over my house. I put Grandpa Dick in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Not for real, white people. That's how you get out of fucking keeping kids. Like they talk too fucking much. My granddaughter talked too fucking much. My daughter-in-law called me one day. She's like, Miss Pat, can you pick up Ashley from school? I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get up to the school, y'all, and I get her, and I don't like her because she likes to start fucking conversation. I don't want to talk to no damn kid, okay? I'm a 47-year-old black woman with hot flashes. <laughs> Bitch, talk to me when your titties heat up 99 degrees. <laughs> So I pick up and I put in the car, I'm like, put your seatbelt on. And out of nowhere, y'all, she started a fucking conversation. She like, grandmama. I'm like, what, baby? She say, my mama said, you get on her motherfucking nerves. <laughs> and I said, fuck your mama, she get on my motherfucking nerves. <laughs> Because I'm a real grandmother. That's why your little brothers are ugly. You ain't got no edges and my son ain't going to marry your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got banned from Facebook. So what was the... Didn't you tell someone that a squirrel wouldn't fuck them? Yeah, I said, I said, the lady was like, what kind of grandma are you? I said, you are mad because a squirrel wouldn't fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and I didn't think that was bad. It's really, it's really kind of a cute insult. Yeah. Picturing because, a squirrel being like, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no nuts for you, bitch. <laughs> so Facebook banned me and said I was bully. And I'm like, because I said a squirrel wouldn't so fuck up. I think up. that she probably reported you. Yeah, she did report me. She did report me. Yeah, but they was all just going in on me and, oh, what type of grandma? What type of grandmother are you, bitch? Okay? Your ugly-ass grandchild. You don't know shit about me, okay? I'm a wonderful grandmother. Mm. That happened to me for real, and I, most shit happened to me, I take it to the stage. Well, profanity is not, why do, then one, one lady said, you're not Bernie Mac. I said, and bitch, you're not Ronald McDonald, but you look like him. <laughs> Fuck off you my page. Bernie Mac. Well, you look like Bernie Sanders. So yeah, let's slow ugly down. ass bitch. She was a black bitch. I said, you Ronald um, McDonald, ugly weave ass wearing bitch. <laughs> I showed it. I cussed all of them out. And then I got banned. <laughs> so, and then I, my, I called my fan base over there, my crack babies. And they went over there and swarmed their ass. They tore them up. They would, my crack babies got banned too, some of them. What? Yeah. For defending you? Yeah. Because they was dragging the shit out of them along with me. 
And it's, I was like, y'all always start shit, but then you run and go tell. What are you telling, bitch? You mad because you have to fuck frozen cucumbers. <laughs> That's why you own fucking Netflix trying to fucking laugh why that frozen cucumber unthaw in your vagina. <laughs> you miserable bitch. You don't know how to laugh. Well, this is good. This is this means you're making it in a big way. People are jealous of you and they no one comes for anyone that doesn't have a big platform or power. Yeah, I posted a clip of this show on TikTok and it was between me and the daughter and I said, uh, it was about, you know, me being a teenage mama. So I can't remember exactly what the clip said. And this this black guy said, you're bringing down a black race. And I'm black. So I'm going to talk black to him. I said, well. You're bringing I, down the black race? Uh, that's not guess, cops or no, I said, white supremacists. You're, you're doing it? Guess what I said? You're, you're bringing down a black race. I said, well, what is Chicago? If, you, if you're going to come over here and, and talk about a joke I made, but you ain't out there marching to get these motherfuckers mm-hmm. from killing each other, get the fuck off my page. That's what I told him. I'm right the back race. Race, it's weird because I just got a check for saying that. Hmm? <laughs> I just mean like you're making money being yourself. Yeah, so that is the most revolutionary say. thing. And they say you the dumbest shit. Why every black woman got to be big and black and loud? Bitch, that's me. I like to eat Chick Fil A, and my voice carry. And so do your <laughs> fat ass mama who feet swole at the house. So that's what I told him. <laughs> Shut up and talk about your diabetic ass mama. Was this in a comment or like a response to a comment? It was in his. It was in his inbox, and then I blocked him. Oh, you said that in his like DM, mm-hmm. like, so he can report me. <laughs> <laughs> you took the They'd time be, out of your day. I sure did to, to go do follow a, him to do a, and cuss him out, and then I blocked him <laughs> to go and send him a private message. Yeah, and blocked him. <laughs> I showed it before he could report me. <laughs> Can I tell you something? The best thing that could happen for promotion for season two is that you you sent all these DMs that are super aggressive and that people come after you and try to like cancel you and they post all the screenshots of the DMs. I'd be like, this is my favorite person ever. Yeah, that could but, be like the ad, the posters for the next season of your show are just the DMs that you've sent random assholes. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. I'd be like, I need to watch this show. Yeah, I mean, because they, they actually think that, and I tell them, I'm not Beyonce, bitch. I talk back. It, it being to my phone, the shit you just said to me. And I told them, I said, if you bad, meet me at Starbucks because I whoop asses at Starbucks. <laughs> Come on up to Starbucks, bitch. Let's get a cup of coffee so I beat your ass. <laughs> and they be like you gotta stay the fuck off social media I say I am a human being you come on my platform then one person's like well you shouldn't put yourself out there I said well you should put a better profile picture of yourself bitch cause I see your ch- chin hair you look like a corn on the cob so what's yeah, this problem yeah neck neck asshole but <laughs> they be getting me started when they be getting my blood pressure up but here's what I'm saying this away. is just beginning cause the show is about to come out and you're going to go I'm to gonna the- stop talking you're going to get very famous and people are going to get very jealous. Why not me? Why not me? Why does she have it? And I don't. Mm-hmm. We all know why you have it because you've worked your ass off. Mm-hmm. And they, everyone wants everything so easy now. And for them, the only way to rationalize why they don't have what you have is to criticize. Yeah. And you're like, this is, it's like, and, and it's funny because when people say that, they'll be like, um, when someone says a comedian's not funny, right? It's like, okay, then why are they selling to, like selling out two arena shows every night? But if so, the democracy voted. They're all laughing. You just have to tell yourself that just to get through the day. Yeah. You know, these are things people have to tell themselves to be able to manage the jealousy they have of your success. You're right. And I tell them, get the fuck off my page. I said, <laughs> do you know I don't give a fuck about you? Right. You know that, don't you? Have you ever done the auto block? This is actually 
fascinating. So on Instagram, what is you can auto block words. So you can go in and whatever your most common shitty comments you get. So I blocked <laughs> busted, the word busted, because people are like, Whitney, Whitney's busted. It's a cougar, because I date a younger man. Uh, whore, cunt. They call you whores and cunts. Bitch, old. Uh, and then the phrase like not funny. And so none of the, if any comment is you're a bitch, you're a whore, you're not funny, you suck, you're busted, you're a cougar, they automatically don't show up. What would be the words that you would put in there? <laughs> the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> like what are the key words? What's, it's, you basically have to like. like Ghetto. Whip. They always call me ghetto and I say your fat ass mama. Cross-eyed bitch. <laughs> Call me. I like talking, man. Because I, I know what to say that that's not going to get me canceled. I had one man. I used to do Bob and Tom. Remember Bob and Tom? In yes. Year? So I was talking about my daughter being gay one day. And he was like, uh, he, the guy said something about, oh, if my son was gay and whatever. And he was like, I said, uh, he said something to me. So I said, I said, I hope your white daughter suck a cock so big to scratch your face out and turn her cheeks black. So he said, I'm going to tell Bob and Tom. I said, bitch, I'm free. Bob and Tom don't owe me, motherfucker. What the fuck are you talking about? He was so Bob and Tom mad would think that's hilarious. They probably would have the thought that was hilarious. But I said, I can't wait till your white daughter suck a black cock and turn her cheeks black. Because it's some cocks out there will turn her cheeks black. So... I, I've gotten to the point now where I gotta stop talking back before I end up on the shade room or some shit. Because when I'm typing fast and I got nails, I be spelling shit wrong. I'm like, God damn it, I didn't cuss them out right. <laughs> so, Miss Pat's on the news again. Yeah, fuck. Dragging Pat, the shit not out of somebody. the Oscars after all. Fuck, I, I, look, only Oscar I need is Myers. Here's a. <laughs> <laughs> and but for me, here's something that's so fascinating about you because every time I do an interview, people want to talk about cancel culture. They want to talk about what you can't say. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And for me, I look at you, one of the bravest, you know, you take such risks, you're so authentically yourself, and you can be meaner and more savage than anybody. But my theory is that's because you're actually a good person. Yeah. Your behavior when no one's watching is saint level shit. So when you're a good person, you can go further and be more of a dickhead, like as a joke, mm -hmm. because you walk the walk and your actions speak for themselves. Your character is a highly moral, like good person. So when everyone's like, you can't say that, you can't make rape jokes. No, a rapist can't make rape jokes. No, you, yeah, because I, I talk about being having abortion. Yep. Uh, it's my pussy. I get to do what I want to do with my pussy. If I want to set firecrackers and let this motherfucker fall for July, this is my pussy. Mm -hmm. Nobody can tell me what to do with my pussy. I can't see my pussy, but I know it's down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's I didn't know I was pregnant <laughs> Yeah You can't tell me What the fuck to do And that's what I tell people If you want to have an abortion And you choose to talk about Your abortion I used to tell an abortion joke And I really had I had a fucking abortion And I say Well I had an abortion And you can't keep them all 
Right. And you can't. Yep. I mean, I had one at 14, one at 15, and another at 16. Me or this nigga can read. Somebody had to go. <laughs> I had to go. <laughs> Your I'm tits not, did not stand a chance at being perky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, perk my titties. Yeah, child, they've been hanging since the sixth grade. But <laughs> I mean, I, I tell the fucking truth. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say, "Hey, I talk about being molested," but it's in a funny, dark mm-hmm. way. You know, I'm gonna say what the fuck I want to say. Yeah. I'm not going to go and bash no gay people. I'm not going to go and fucking hurt anybody. But I speak from my heart mm-hmm. what I've experienced. And if I tell you I had an abortion, I had a fucking abortion. You can't tell me not to speak on my abortion. I don't right. go to church. I fucking believe in as a higher power. I like Chick-fil-A. Yeah, my daughter's gay, but they should have picked a different chicken house to go against. <laughs> Why is a chicken house worried about how you fuck? It's... <laughs> Isn't it the founder is donates? The chicken was fucking before they got on your grill. (laughs) Doesn't um, the the founder donates to anti-gay causes? Is that what it is? Yeah, sure, but he dead now. There's also, um, uh, well, someone had a joke. Was it, uh, God, a friend of mine goes, um, okay, if Chick-fil-A is so homophobic, then why does their sauce taste like gum? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me which one that is. I don't want to eat that one. I just do the barbecue. But if you were... Every corporation we support does it's fucked up shit. Some kind of way. Secretly. If you, you come order out, from Amazon, if you go to Equinox. We just sent motherfucking Jeff Boza, whatever his name yep, is, bo- uh, up to space. The- and he said, thank you for ordering your package. And I said, thank you for having them on time. <laughs> People like, how dare he? How how dare he? What the fuck? I mean, Amazon get my motherfucking shit to the don't quit. I mean, I didn't tell him. I can't. I spent my money with this man. I can't tell him, don't you take your white ass to space. He get to spend his money however the fuck he want to spend. I called, I went on his website and spent my money however the fuck I wanted to. Because it made my life easier. Now, if I fi- fi- figured out you you supporting, you trafficking kids or you killing people, no, I mean, I might yeah. have to give up your chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't got nothing to do with that shit. Right. I've been eating Chick-fil-A since I was a drug dealer. And when I discovered that shit, I ain't ate Church's Chicken Church's chicken since. So, you know. Look. And I asked my gay daughter, do you mind if I step outside the rim? And she said, take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to eat there as long as you bring me back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah. My son used to, I made my son work at Chick-fil-A with me when he was in high school. And I said, you gonna work it because I get a fucking discount. And so they gave us 30%. And so I, he, every time he tried to quit, I said, I stab you in your neck. I, you fuck up my discount, I will stab in your fucking neck. <laughs> so right when he graduated high school, he quit. I said, why the fuck did you quit Chick-fil-A? He was like, because it was never my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I said, how dare you quit my favorite fucking restaurant? Because my ass, wherever I like to shop or eat, I will make my kids go work there for a discount. Uh, genius. Yes. And it's like, I'll be able to see you because I'll have an excuse to, yeah. I'll, you'll Fuck be at the you. place I go all the time anyway. Well, he was in the kitchen anyway. He never saw me. He's just, I hate workouts. I don't give a fuck. They paying you. They're going to give you a raise. And I get 30%. I, be, I used to pull up to the drive This This is Junebug, mama. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a couple questions from fans that fans sent in. You are one of the few people I would ever take advice from. So I asked them to send in some relationship and dating uh, and parenting advice questions to you. Okay. And I'm going to ask them to you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What do you define as cheating? In a relationship? Mm -hmm. And do you believe in emotional affairs? 
Uh, I believe in emotional affairs. That shit can happen. Uh, but is that cheating? Uh, that's cheating. Yeah. Um, no, that's not cheating. Because, you know, you can be attracted to somebody. You really can't. It's like the chemistry in your body. You get with somebody, you're like, God damn, I'm, I'm kind of liking this person. And if you're kissing them, to me, that's not really cheating. I think when you fuck them, you're cheating. Okay. Yeah. That's to me is cheating. Kissing, fingering. Uh, ain't nobody gonna finger me because uh, my <laughs> stomach on it. But uh, he gonna stick it in my navel first. You see? Told you my rock climber guy lifts weights with his fingers. He can do a lot of things with his fingers. Uh, uh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Strong finger ass man. We don't fucking knock my click off. <laughs> um, uh, he can climb that rock wall outside. You saw. Yeah, I think I I, I think you could be. I, what, what was the question? It's basically like, what is cheating? Because like now there's this whole thing where it's like people will like DM with girls on Instagram or comment on their photos. Like wh when does it become something that's like a when, deal When break? you act on it. Yeah. When you act on it. I mean, if you catch your man in the DM talking to a woman, I don't think that's cheating. Mm. I think he's getting ready to cheat or right. I think he's being curious because everybody knows curiosity kills a fucking cat. Mm. So, but I wouldn't say he cheating. Now, if I read a thing in this DM, I'm like, oh my God, last night was so fucking awesome. Well, you fucked this bitch and mm. you just cheated. That's fine. But if a conversation is not cheating. Man. Yeah, because cheating, like, or having sex with someone, there's so many opportunities to change your mind. It's like, when someone's like, it just happened, it's like, no. You got their address. You drove there. You, you pulled your for panties down. You, you took a bath. You looked for... <laughs> you used a baby wipe on your pussy. A bath. <laughs> I need a bath. <laughs> like, you asked for the code to the building. You had to you get You used a, a shampoo with the tingling stuff there was in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was at the hotel and they... <laughs> sometimes I put shampoo on my vagina to knock all the odor out, right? So I don't put shampoo down there because I thought it was body wash. And I was like, why am I fucking pussy? Tickling, ling, 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 ling. I said, I was like, oh my God, it was a tea tree. Was it tea no? <laughs> no? No. No. I had to get out the shower and give me a washcloth and calm it down. <laughs> I don't put the tea tree shampoo on my vagina. I mean, there's something and to that. A little it was tingling. Just tingling. Yeah. I was like, why am I popping like this? I'm old. <laughs> that will burn too. It also gets rid of pimples. It do? Yeah, sometimes I'll get when I shave the wrong way, I'll get little like razor burn, like sort of around your. Well, when I shave, I don't look at just like a weed whack. Woo, woo, woo. I just try to get it <laughs> you down. You don't follow up. You don't follow no, through. It don't got to be, you know, some people want landing strips uh -huh. and Valentine boxes. Uh, I've been married a long time. And he, I don't even think he know, I don't even think he know what it looked like. You know that the I went to uh, my gynecologist like a year and a half ago, and I love asking my gynecologist for like the gossip in the gynecology community. Like I'm always like, what are people coming in for? Like, what's the new thing? Is chlamydia back? Like what? I like and like gonorrhea. Is that pretty much gone? Like she'll tell me, and I was like, what's the new thing? Because I got my whole shit lasered. When I was 25, but now it kind of grows like long, random Smithers hairs. Your daughter just fell out of love with me. Um, and, uh, no, she did. I'll get <laughs> no, she did. She eats Smithers hairs, too. <laughs> but keep going. <laughs> and so it's like this thing where, and then as you get older, your pussy doesn't stay the length that always you know, the shit starts to get long and uttery. Gray. Yeah, shit, the skin starts to, gravity starts to kick in. Oh, yeah, I can you, agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's been time I rolled my stomach back. Ooh, or just like my you, stomach yes, down. <laughs> I've worn lots of really rough thongs that were probably too small. You know, I've never had on a thong. I really, 
I can't have nothing in the crack of my ass. And I don't shave my ass like young people do. So if I put that thong back there and pull it off, <laughs> I'm going to be screaming. <laughs> uh, and you know, black vagina hair is not like white hair. Your shit probably lay down. My shit like a Jackson 5 fro, <laughs> like floss. You know, all shit don't just break off. You know, your shit lay down and cooperate. All shit is always as a tension. You just can't stick your hand in a... A black woman vagina. You got to whoop, 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 whoop. You'll break your right. fucking knuckles. Right. You got to kind of like... You got to move around. Weave. Yeah, because the hair is so tough. Right. It's strong. Right. It's natural. It, we didn't, it exfoliates. We, I don't know what that means. Like it, it but, exfoliates. Oh, yeah. It exfoliates your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that why black men have such amazing skin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them landing strips knocking the, the dead skin off the Every ass. time they eat pussy, it's like, ah, oh, just exfoliating. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, mine are, mine do, I guess, mine, mine is like, has like a rat tail now. It's like, it's because I, I, I lasered it all off and now there's just like a couple weird random hairs. I see you all the time in the doctor's office getting your ass jiggled and machines up your booty. I'm like, what the fuck is Whitney doing? I'm like she's bored. I'm trying to look like you. I got fake tits. I'm trying to get a bigger ass. No, no, my titties ain't fake. I know. I this have to is, get fake he, ones to look like your real ones. No, you don't. Just put a little butter on them and eat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. The eat, theory eat. of the butter uh, making butter your tits really bigger. Did you ever heard of that butter? Ri- Y'all, I was just telling somebody to uh, uh, Bert. I just told him. I said. Was that Burt podcast about washing your face? No, I did my podcast. Washing your face with a baby diaper. The baby piss? No, I have not heard this. That shit works. It'll make your skin beautiful. I just did a podcast with some dude, and it was like uh, old theories that, is, are they true? And right. I'm like, I picked baby piss. Because back in the day when when you pissed, when a, it was cloth diapers, the baby pissed in the diaper, you wipe it on your face. Your mama would say, come here, baby. Wipe it on the next kid's face. <laughs> Here's the, the one rub about this. What? The one issue I have with this is that I don't have any baby. I mean, I don't have a baby. So but where am I going to get money, this? you got money, you can buy baby pills. <laughs> <laughs> on BurtKreischer.com. <laughs> Somebody you know everybody. Come and let that baby piss on my face. I mean, let's, let's go to, baby. Can not, we please go on Shark Tank and pitch like our baby piss skincare line? <laughs> it, it's beautiful. I mean, if you tell me going to knock the wrinkles out and shit. Is there something about the baby piss that has like a chemical in it or an I enzyme or a... Ex- Something. Well, they said something in there, but it's not enough of it because it's all mixed with water. But I'm just telling you what happened to us when we was little. It, it was baby piss. Baby I was, piss. No, it was a Bobby Lee I was telling that to. Okay. Yeah. Is there such a thing as... Oh, let's do this one. My new boyfriend follows porn stars on Instagram. Is this a red flag? Uh, yeah. You might not be hot enough or he's just trying to get new moves. Hmm. Oh, Interesting. That does happen. I feel like that happens so much. I'll be dating a guy and we'll like have sex and then it gets pretty like, you know, predictable. And then out of nowhere, he's got some new thing where he's like, like fish hooking your face or cho- or something. And I'm like, oh, you just watched porn. Like you just discovered a new thing. It, like out of nowhere. Fish that hook? Ain't, you know about the fish hook? Uh, no. Ain't nobody gonna stick their motherfucking hands in my mouth doing no <laughs> sex. That shit nasty. What's a fish hook? Dude, white guys love to have okay so i was dating this one guy who was a baseball player and during sex he put because gagging is like a big thing and you know what I'm usually you do like on a dick and like it's great and loves it and you start crying and they love it you cry on the penis because if you gag on a dick hard enough you're like huh! and sometimes your eyes will just water 
And they're I mean, like, oh, my dick's making her cry. Like, it's like, it looks hot that you're like, I'm so sad. And I'm just. I've been sucking dick wrong. <laughs> Look, if I knew how to suck dick well, I probably wouldn't have to pull out all the stops of tears. You probably would be crying. And weird. <laughs> you got to suck dick like you got to go to the store. I, I'll be back. Well, my whole thing is like, my. My whole thing is like, I don't need to gag on this. Just I'll cry in a couple minutes. Just give me time. Just have sex with me for a while. I will cry at some point. But um, the, the oh, yeah. So we're having sex. And out of nowhere, he just put his like four fingers in my mouth and just left it there. And I, I didn't like it's very rare that I'm like, I don't know what this is. Because I'll normally if like they want to choke you, like, eh, like go along with her, whatever needs to happen to get this over with. But I was like, I don't, I truly am confused. I don't know. I was like, for a second, I was like, I think he lost his balance. And just, <laughs> and just like. In your fucking and mouth. Just like, oh. And I was like, okay. I get, like, and now he has to make it something intentional so he doesn't look like a, you know, dumbass. I also thought for a second, like, I'm known for, you know, running my mouth. So, Maybe he was just worried I was going to talk. <laughs> so not one time did you say, get your motherfucking fingers out of my mouth. You I, didn't bite them? N- no, I just, I, I just left them. Like, I was like, okay, I didn't suck them. I've, I've, I failed that test. And then I just was like, all right, I guess he's just into this. I don't know. He also, d- he did a lot of weird shit. Like when, when there's something that's weird, that's like, like it's a first time or when you're like, oh, this is, oh, fish hooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll go behind you and they'll wire inside of your cheeks and fish hook you. <laughs> What's that for? It's just like he wants you to look like you was about the, to fall off the bone. The gir- <laughs> <laughs> it reminds him of fishing with his paw when he was a kid. <laughs> that would look like it's just a degrading thing to do, guys. Because a lot of them they've watched so much. Who porn. are you fucking? <laughs> These motherfuckers need to be arrested. I mean, motherfuckers sticking their hand in your mouth and don't tell you why balancing off your lips. I don't date professional athletes anymore as a hard boundary. Because guys like that that have been with so many women and watched so much porn, nothing gets them off anymore. So they have to do the most insane shit to get hard or to get off. Anybody ever bring baseball and want to just throw them upside your head? (laughs) (laughs) What was the other thing that was so weird? It was the hair grabbing, but... I don't remember. Oh, it was a pony. Okay, so that was it. So it was a, he'd be, want to do doggy style and then hold my ponytail. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I had extensions, always had extensions in. And it was like, that's where I was like, you can't do that. They were the Jessica Simpson ones. So they weren't the good ones. But I still was like, that, that I won't tolerate. Huh? That's what she said. You ain't touching my weed. Yeah, no, you can't pull on the hair. That's a big thing white guys like to do. I, I don't fuck black men. I know, but, but okay. the black men I've dated also, I think, love doing it because they don't get to do it to black women. Oh, we will kill you yeah. and your mama and your kids and fuck up your dog and slap your next door neighbor. But I think it's probably because the... Uh, and plus, uh, they think your hair won't come off. Right. But I have extensions too. But they don't ever know. They don't right. think you guys have extensions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like hair pulling was a very big thing. And I was like, oh. You know, when I was having sex, well, when I started having sex. <laughs> 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 what just happened in your mind? 12, I was 
<laughs> well, okay, when I started having consensual sex a couple years ago. Yeah, pretty much. It was just simple. Pump, pump, and you fall asleep. I mean, where did all this fish necking a bitch and putting your whole fist in her mouth and hitting in the eye, pulling out her hair? I have a theory that women, as they get more powerful, men have to degrade us more in the sexually in the bedroom. So before I had any kind of success, guys were like, they wanted to rescue me and coddle me, and it was missionary and like you said, gentle. And then as soon as I got on TV, started making money, they're like spitting in my face and choking me and spanking me. It's like having to like equal out the power dynamic well, or something. I, I'm going to need my husband to watch this podcast. If you ever stick your fucking four fingers in my mouth and you know I don't have no back teeth, I will kill you. I don't even have no back teeth, but I'm going to bite this shit out you. I'm going to gum your ass. I think he probably knows better than to try like that. I'm never switching my sex partner. You mean to tell me they... <laughs> Do the next question. By the way, that's the thing. If 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 I think it's important to talk about this stuff to women that have been married for a long time, because I'm like, if you're bored, trust me, that's better than going back out there. Oh, and I'm being, never going back out there. Yeah, and being like, like having to do MMA during sex. Uh, well, he won't get no MMA out of me. <laughs> I can barely let my legs in the air if I ain't stretched before sex. <laughs> I, I thought ain't you had the sleep number bed. Can't you just use the remote and get your legs up in the air? Well, we just lay flat now. <laughs> <laughs> we bought it because uh, he, I think he tore ACL or something and now his eyes be rolling at night. I don't know what the fuck going on with him. <laughs> <laughs> he got a loose vest in his eye. So he sleep up and I sleep down. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm obsessed with this because one of the questions is actually, is it okay in a relationship to sleep in separate beds? I only sleep in separate beds. Separate bedrooms, in fact. But these aren't separate. I, I don't... For me, sleep is so, I can't hear you breathing. I can't, like, sleep is the most important thing to me. And tr if, if I lose sleep being with you, I'm going to be such a bitch tomorrow that I promise you this is, if I put you in a different room, it means I love you and I'm trying to protect our relationship. So what, a, would you have sex and then you check out to your own room? Yeah. God. Why is this weird? Is it's this fuck. Why would you want to be in this? Uh, the idea of being next to someone who's like comatose and just sleeping and like, like uh, with their mouth open and they're just like, and they'll just have a sex dream and they'll just start groping you. And I just don't like anyone near me when I'm sleeping. Whitney, it's a very we got to get you with some good men. <laughs> Jesus, it's a very person. Sleeping is a very sex dream and start rubbing on you and shit. <laughs> You know when guys like just randomly in the middle of the night will just start trying to have sex with you? No, like, I don't. You don't even know it's me. You're yes. you're thinking about someone else, and you're just, I'm just a warm hole. Well, no. Oh no, that don't happen to me. But I'll do sex when I'm unconscious. I won't do sex when you're unconscious. <laughs> where you <No>. at? <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I I just for me it's the same. I don't really let the guys I date come see me do stand up because I'm like I don't want you distracting me. I don't want to be thinking about you. I don't want to be making a joke about you and worry it's going to hurt your feelings. Like so, the, the guy I'm dating has never seen me do. He saw me do stand up before we started dating, but I didn't know him at the time. But can't come see me do stand up now. I'm like no, I'm at work. Same thing when I'm sleeping. I'm like, this is part of my work. You can't be in here. It's my office. I'm sleeping. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do when you have kids? Get the fuck out, kids. I'm sleeping. Yeah, they'll sleep with the nanny. <laughs> that Alrighty. is how women w used to rate. There used to be a village and we were all would everyone would raise each other's kids. I'm totally fine with having a couple people. Where that village at? Ain't nobody never came over there and helped me. <laughs> <laughs> that was called mama. And that bitch, you charge you food stamps to keep your kids. <laughs> I would, because that was initially when we were, lived in tribes, it was like everyone, you know, sister. You lived in a tribe? No, I... <laughs> 
I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you mean, undercover slave? You <laughs> 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 like that made me think of something. So you know when the pandemic was over, we were just now coming out, we was going to Miami. Remember this question? So I'm standing at Enterprise, right? And I was just so happy because I flew and still worked during the pandemic. And wow. I was just so happy to see people starting to get back, back out. Yeah. And so I'm a talker anyway. So I was like, hey, how you doing? I'm at Enterprise. And so this white guy and his son was there. And I was like, how you doing today? And he looked like, do I fucking know you? I said, look, you don't know me, but the pandemic is beginning to end. And I'm just happy to fucking see people. And the white dude said, right on, sister. Uh, he said, right on, sister, to your tribe. I said, what oh. the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. But it was, I, oh, he was no. so racist. I was he so thought you were from Kenya? I don't know the fuck he thought I was from Jesus. with a fucking wig on my head. And he was like, you know, he's something like, right on, sister, with your tribe. You remember that? And I just looked at him and I was like, that shit was really racist. But, sir, I'm glad to see you. <laughs> I couldn't even. You cuss know him the out. pandemic was lonely when you're psyched to hang out with racists. I don't even think he was a racist. I don't know what made him think I was from a fucking tribe. <laughs> I said, I'm just happy to fucking see you. He said, We feel the same way about your tribe. And I was like, My tribe. And I'm looking like, Do I got some little motherfuckers behind me naked? <laughs> it's just question. <laughs> Is your question behind me? Question, put on some fucking did clothes. I, I was gonna say, did I accidentally <laughs> dress my kids in uh, little napkins today yeah. with strings on the side? And I look oh. back and they just her in a fucking booty or, dress. How bad? Like, how bad was my contouring job that he thinks I'm in a? This is tribal makeup. I, I swear he said my tribe, and I was like, uh, what? Uh, I'm happy to see you, sir. And I how said, old was this person? He was probably. 40, 50s, I don't fucking know. But when he said, your tribe, and I look back, I was, ain't nobody back here but Quisha. What the fuck is he talking I about? I bet he left that exchange thinking he killed it. Yeah, like I am so accepting. I am so able to communicate with black people. I said all the right things. The problem with the world is we don't conversate. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, you know, I think white America think black America is not approachable. Especially if you don't do your history on us. So, you know, a lot of them, they, well, I, I don't know the correct thing to say. Just have a fucking conversation. I'm human. Mm -hmm. So they scared if they have a fucking conversation, they're going to say, you know, they step on every word. They think that every word they say it might come out the wrong way. Well, somebody can, you have a conversation with a person who got some fucking sense. I understand what you're trying to say. It doesn't make you racist. I, I was, I was on a plane one day. And uh, this guy recognized me. He's, oh my God, I'm such a fan of yours, Miss Pat, from Bob and Tom. And he was an artist. He drew shit for for local schools, like on the gym wall. So I said, Oh, I got this. I got this new um, mural, movie theater. I want a, I want a Falcon mirror. And then he go on Facebook. Oh my God, I just love, I just love Miss Pat. I just met her on Southwest. And so one of the comments was, How can you talk to Miss Pat? She's so fucking liberal. He wrote, I don't know what's wrong with the colors. And I was like, Color? Who the fuck you calling color? I could have said he was racist, but the man was 70-some years old. Right. I went into his box, and I had a conversation with him. And I said, I didn't call you whitey, so why are you calling me colored? I'm not fucking colored. You ain't put no crayon on my skin. <sighs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I didn't mean it that way. But nobody ever had a conversation with this guy like that. Right. So it, it's interesting. Yeah, because and then it gets weird because I remember a couple years ago, they're in casting. They'd be like, uh, people of color and I was like that's close to color like it's sometimes people try to be so woke and come up with these super woke terms that black people just say black people what's wrong with black people and then no well they want to say African American and then I am always kind of like well these 
now it's like, am I Irish American? Well, we do change. We, we change it a lot. Yeah, yeah, Sometimes yeah. Sometimes we don't know what the fuck we are. Yeah. We do change. One day we African American, then we blacks. Yeah. And, I mean, we do change it a lot. Yeah. But it's between the three. You still right, can right, say right, African. Right. Just don't say Negro. Yeah, don't don't not- say color. But we, we're African American. We're black. And I don't know why it's so hard. I mean, just call me by my fucking name. Or that, or just learn my name and see me as an individual. Yeah. But a lot of times, they, you know, they don't know how to act. So I, I hate when I get around white people and they just, they don't know how to act around black people. Uh, can I tell you? So when I was, Emily was around when I was dating a NFL player who was black. Uh, and it was so wild because when my friends that I had known for 15 years, I know their demeanor, I know that how they behave. When they'd be around him, they would start bouncing. <laughs> this was not me. This you was not was Emily. Around. This was not, to be fair, this was not Emily. They would start like bouncing and talking to him. And I was like, I've never seen you bounce while you're having a conversation. <laughs> like, what is this? And then I would look at him and I'm like, do you just think all white people, ba- like you don't know how white people behave because they change the way they behave around you. Do you think all white people just bounce all the time? And he's like, yeah, I always thought it was weird. And I'm like... That's just <laughs> your presence is cause, and then all of a sudden things albums are dropping. They're not coming out. They're dropping, and then there's like shoulders are happening while they're talking. I'm like, you've got to stop acting. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm offended and pissed off. He's like, what do you mean? This is they're acting normal. I'm like, that's not normal. That's just ha- what you've seen. They turn it into white rappers. Yeah, so <laughs> like always, there's a bounce happening, and it just was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> it was such a bummer. <laughs> Your friend got Jack Stones in the ass. But they also are so desperate to be like, because it's like. There's this thing where, like, white guys, especially, like, if a black guy will talk to them, they feel so cool. Well, we are the we are the right. We're the coolest race on earth. It scared you because you thought your wife was learning how to dance behind your back. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> All these people, like, these motherfuckers, bankhead bouncing. What by the way, it wasn't good dancing. It was just weird. Well, ba- that, like, it looked yeah. like they had to pee and they were like trying, had to hold that, it. That's the, that, that's where the, the dance bankhead bounce cut. Your Friends was they was about to get it on it your was, ass, so you stopped it. You <laughs> fucked up a whole dance group with me. <laughs> I just was like, is there an earthquake? Like, what's like, why is everybody all of a sudden so buoyant? And uh, yeah, there was a lot of things, and it was interesting because that relationship, and I don't talk about it much because it just feels weird to even go like talk about an interracial relationship because you're like, you're supposed to be, oh, there's no difference at all. And it's like, we had so many fights that I've never had with a white guy, so many fights. Really? Yes. Um, I did accuse him of cheating because I found like a sexy thong. It was like a sexy, like it was like a lingerie thing that was like it was almost like um like spandex material and it was like red and the sexy and I like found it like right by the hamper and I was like, what's this? And he was like, That's my do-rag. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It was, no, why do you have to be sexy and red? The fucked up part of my, I was ready to 
whoop his ass with you. And you like, do I was like, oh, bitch. Okay. No, I, not the do right. Not the do right. I knew what these looked like because all the other ones are just black. And this one is sexy. And then I'd be like, well, why are you wearing a sexy red do rag when I'm not around? How come I've never seen you in this one? It was a whole fucking thing. He's like, I don't wear different do rags when I cheat. And I was like, okay. I'll take your word for it. We now interrupt this hilarious conversation to talk mental health. Because as you may have noticed, there's not a lot of mental health present in this episode. The Vanna White to my Pat Sajak is the great Miranda Cosgrove. She is here today to help me out with the tough part of this job, literacy. Are you in therapy or do you go to therapy? I don't go to therapy, but I kind of want to start. I've been wanting to for a while Mm -hmm. um, and I just never have. What would you need? Hit me. I want to just go and see. I, to me, I feel like from hearing from my friends how therapies helped them. They always one of my best friends in particular always talks about how she just feels like it's a really intelligent person giving her really good advice yeah, okay. on how to deal with whatever. Like normally, yeah. I'd call one of my friends and I tell them a problem I was having, and we just talk about it. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You could go to BetterHelp.com and use promo code Whitney. <laughs> I need this. It matches you with your With a therapist. licensed professional therapist. Through an app? Through uh, BetterHelp.com. Oh. Promo code Whitney. Maybe you can I'll even be going a, on there you after even, this. You can even get a hot steal. Uh, you can start communicating in under 48 hours, but it's not a crisis line. And it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Good advice. So do you want to know the site to go to? Since sure. this is a conversation and not an ad? Yes, I'd love to know the site. Just go to betterhelp.com slash Whitney. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. <laughs> you have, you have your H-E-L-P.com. You can join over the million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. It, it is just a coinkydink. Look, it came right, How fast? Up, right up on your phone. Let's log you in. It is just happens to be a quinky dink that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And good for you listeners. <laughs> Sorry, I got very distracted by the fact that Miranda Gosgrove is actually on <laughs> signing this, up. Very seriously on this app. <laughs> I'm just like betterhelp.com. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Whitney. Miranda, make sure you put in that code. Discount code Whitney get, will you, be automatically applied. Did you look? Did you do it? <laughs> Actually. Did it work? Have it up. Oh, my God. Look. Welcome. Can, oh, my God. Welcome, Winnie Cummings listeners. listeners. Get started today. Enjoy 10% off your first month. Okay, yeah, go do that. I need to do this. So, look, if Miranda Cosgrove is signing up for BetterHelp.com, what's your excuse? What's the next question, child? Um, how do I keep my sex life interesting? Two years into marriage, five years into marriage. I guess just ap- how do you keep shit hot after you've been married a while? Drink hot tea. Have <laughs> hot flashes. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Get the sleep number. Give bed. it to him when he asks for it. <laughs> sex is simple. I'm still doing it like 1984. That's, pump, pump, I'm into that. There's something kinky about just missionary at this point. At this point, yeah, just, I don't need all of that. I don't right. need you to. I don't want you to hit me from the back. It's not whack-a-mole. It's just my back hurt. <laughs> uh, I don't need you to pull my hair. Mm-mm. I don't need all that kinky shit. Mm-mm. I don't need you talking to me. <laughs> I'm 49. It's not Cirque du Soleil, and I think that as soon as you figure out what makes you have an orgasm, which for me took 
I mean, I figured it out like a couple years ago. I just, I only want to do that. And yeah, then I got me stuff too. to do. I have a job. Yeah, get the fuck off of me. Yeah. I got, hey, them kids at the door. And I need to watch Blacklist. What? I need to watch the Blacklist. Oh, the show? The show, the Blacklist. Who's well, that? Which one is that? NBC or either uh, Handmaid's Tale. Get the fuck off me. <laughs> <laughs> Life is more So it's a sex. rape fantasy, basically. It's That's like a hot rape fantasy. Get the fuck off me. Yeah, get the fuck off <laughs> you me. You keep it kinky by accident. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't even want you sucking my titties. Put them down. <laughs> Mine are fake, so they're numb, so it's a whole other thing. When you get your titties done, do your nipple not, you don't have any feeling in your nipple? It's, I've had them, had to have them like reconstructed because there was a, they were different sizes. And then the first guy that I went to, I didn't know anyone. I didn't really have a ton of money. Like I just, I had just made like $10,000. So I was looking for the guy that could do it for six or something. And I just walked around Beverly Hills. I didn't know how to find a plastic surgeon. I'm 28 years old. And I just read all the doors until I found one that said cosmetic surgeon. It was like, you know, dentistry, you know, neurologist. And then I saw one that said cosmetic surgery. I just walked in. And I said, I would like to get breast augmentation. And they were like, great, we can see you tomorrow. Never go to a surgeon that can see you tomorrow. <laughs> That's not the guy you want doing your tits. A little too available. You want someone who's like, we can see you in six months. We'll try to fit you in sooner. That's what you want. I got them. I knew this was bad when the surgery center was by the airport. It was off Airport Boulevard. Not great. And he did it. And it was, he did saline, not silicone, because I didn't know the difference. And I I thought saline was like healthier because it's like salt water opposed to like silicone, which I heard like leaked and was bad. So it was like, when I say it was like a crocodile coming out of a pond, it was just like, boom, boom. It was just like two hard like plums. And he cut through a muscle. So I have like kind of like a divot right here. And then I went to a good surgeon and he had to do two surgeries to like fix that mess. So, so now can they, you feel now? No, I mean, enough. Oh. Nipples have never been my like erogenous zone. Because I, I get paranoid that, that I haven't plucked the hair off them. Like when a guy's oh, yeah. fucking with them, I'm like, shit, I haven't plucked the pubes off my nipples in a while. I, ta- I heard you on Charlemagne saying you might get some stuff done. Oh yeah, I mean, not. I'm not gonna go overseas like these cheap bitches. No, do, do not go to no, Brazil. Do no, not do the surgery no, I'm not in anywhere going else to Mexico. Yeah. No motherfucker, a dingalingaling me. Do Garth Fisher? Who? Garth Fisher here in L. A. He does like the mommy makeover for everyone. Yeah, I just want my stomach. Yeah, you know, maybe my titties lift. Yeah, uh, but I don't need all of that. The titty lift. You're walking around and back to work in like two days. Yeah, I like they've want, gotten it so on point. By I now. would like my breast to be lifted, and I would like to have my stomach pull. I don't want to lose a shit ton of weight. Yeah. to get it done, I would like to be my size now and pull my stomach down. Yeah, I don't. Th- what is this shame around doing stuff like that? Like I, girlfriends that had their bodies destroyed by having kids. One of my girlfriends tore like six inches, truly, in different places. Mm-hmm. She wrote a whole article about it. She wrote a piece about it, about how torn she was about getting the vaginal rejuvenation surgery. She went in, 
She said it was more painful than childbirth, actually, because afterwards you have, have like a catheter in and you, can, you can't every time you pee, it, it goes into the wounds and stuff. But I think they I think it's in better shape now. Maybe the surgery or am I making you panic? What, what, no. it, what is that's what? Oh, when they clip. and then they tighten it, they clip it. And the thing that really stuck with me is her doctor that was doing it said, do you want to go back to your vagina at 16, 18 or 25? They're great. And- <laughs> 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 My shit will use at 16, 18, and 19. And if anyone does enjoy fucking you, immediately report them to the FBI because they're pedophiles. Immediately call Megan's law because that is a sick person. If I always you- said, what's the numbers on the wall that you asked to tighten up your pussy? Because, you know, you can ask for all change. $49.99 according to what type of car you have. But your pussy tighten up, your vagina being tightened up, what number do you ask for? You but know, it's also, I, I was so fascinated that he thought there was such a big difference between 16 and 18. Who have you been talking to, saying. doctor? <laughs> I had a baby at 16 and two before 18. It's like, I'm trying to think of the logic of the doctor. It was like, they get cars at 16 and you know what they do in cars? They just fuck like crazy. Their, their pussies are baggy by 18. And then what does he think happens between Who 18 and 25? Pussy is baggy. I, not, I, this doctor just said that. Do pussy get baggy? I don't think so. I think as you get older, don't tell me vaginas look like black men with their pants hanging out their ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. I think actually because the guy that I'm dating, it has like dated older women and he's like super into it. And we kind of like talked about it. This is going to get him in trouble. But as you get older, like since you're, we were talking about your pussy gets a little long, there's more skin to fuck around with. You know, there's more like that suctions your dick. Y'all need to gain weight with these skinny pussies. <laughs> yeah, somebody need to gain some weight. Somebody need to eat some cereal or some shit. He did say something to me that really was harrowing. Well, it wasn't him. It was like a group of guys. Like, you know, we're comics. So like guys, when they get around us, like I think they very much talk to us like they're bros or something. And one comic said uh, the other day we were sitting around the comic store. He was like, the worst thing is those light bulb pussies. Where... It's tight at the bottom, but then when you go in, it's gets bigger, like the shape of a light bulb. <laughs> I was like, maybe your dick is just the opposite. Maybe your dick is just a mushroom, an, uh, you know? <laughs> maybe her pussy's normal. Maybe your dick's weird. Maybe your dick don't know how to get screwed in right. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I know. Ooh. Savage. Sex have gone a long way since I stopped. Okay. Is it okay for your partner to watch porn? No. Tell me. Uh, no. I don't want him to learn nothing that I can't do. (laughs) (laughs) For him to watch porn right now and get any ideas is physically dangerous. Yes, for both of us. (laughs) We'd have to change our health insurance plan. (laughs) Yes, we would. No, don't watch porn. Uh, The cooking channel, but not porn. (laughs) Uh, I have a 17-year-old gay son who's into having sex with strangers in public. What do I do? (laughs) I tell your son I know somebody just like him. Really? Yeah, tell her that. They should meet. No, you don't We want should me set him. them up. <laughs> no, not him. He's nasty. But I know somebody who do just the same thing. He's gay, and he just randomly said, I'm going to run outside and go suck a dick and come back in. Yep. Just a stranger. Just a stranger. In this, in a pandemic? Yeah, they sucking pandemic, dirty dick. <laughs> if in a pandemic you catch diseases that aren't COVID... Yeah. Kill yourself. Yeah. You got gonorrhea and COVID. <laughs> and you can't, you're burning and you can't breathe. <laughs> you 
<laughs> your pee burns, your lungs don't work. <laughs> your lungs don't work. They give you a pill of seal and a fucking incubator or whatever they stick there in your throat. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> uh, this is a fascinating question because when I hear you uh, sort of talk about your past and, and, and sort of how you grew up, I feel like all my friends that are having kids right now mm-hmm. are over coddling their kids in a way that I believe is like really toxic and bad for them. Um, and I'll tell I'll, I'll, let me ask you this and we'll talk about it. My kid is on his phone all day. What do I do? How much screen time for a kid who is 12 is too much screen time? Uh, if the kid don't pay the bill, <laughs> why is he on whatever the fuck you decide? <laughs> it's your, it's your phone technically. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people ask dumbass questions like that? You pay the bill. Give me that fucking phone, knucklehead. Take the fucking phone. And why is a 12-year-old got a phone? He ain't got no goddamn job. Ain't he ain't, I mean, if he's there with you all day, ain't like nobody just gonna come in the house and kidnap and run down the street. I don't get it. That's a dumbass question. You set the boundaries, you set the rules. How much time are you tired of seeing that motherfucker on the phone? <laughs> That's my and question. By the way, you. If you like your kid just sitting alone quiet for 12 hours a day. Take the win. Yeah, it's a new babysitter. Yeah, but if you if you if you concerned how much uh, time they getting, you pay the fucking bill. <laughs> hey, when my son wouldn't get off the video game, I cut the fucking internet off. <laughs> Let me see you play this shit without the internet. <laughs> so that's a dumbass question. Take the fucking phone, lady. Yeah, parents are now taking cue of how to parent from their kids' ideas. Yeah, or from what their kid uh, wants. Well, they say you can't do that. Yes, the fuck I can. Mm. Get out of my goddamn house. It is tricky because parents, I have this theory and I'm working on a bit about it where one thing the internet and phones did fuck up is that it's harder to lie to your kids. Like my mom, we would drive past McDonald's when I was a kid and I'd be like, mom, like right after school, mom, can we go to McDonald's? And she'd be like, sorry, baby, it's closed. And I'm like, oh man. Like you could control your kids more with lies before the, like my mom used to tell me that when the ice cream truck played music, that meant it was out of ice cream. <laughs> Your mama wanted shit. <laughs> well, she just didn't have no money. But you can't. Well, she just was like the. I mean, I remember my friend Mary um, was with her kid once, and they were uh, uh, walking down the street in Santa Monica, and the kid was like, "I want to go in the ocean. I want to go in the ocean." And she went, "Sorry, baby, the ocean's broken." <laughs> and then she went, and the kid was like, "Oh man, like, don't you have to lie to your kids every now and then just to move through?" No, I just tell them you ain't going to get them ocean. <laughs> I ain't got no goddamn money for no ice cream. <laughs> they don't take food stamps. That's what I told them. We go to the fucking store. No. <laughs> no. That's what I told them. When, yeah. when does your kid uh, get a phone? When they can afford to pay the bill themselves? My kids got a phone. Um, my, I think my daughter over there got a phone in high school. Mm. So pretty much high school, I think, when I got them a phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting new thing, but also it's like phones are a good way to control kids in a way because you have something to take away from them and punish them with. Yeah. I mean, and you can do the same thing with their handhelds and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a grandbaby that's nine, and my son brought her a phone. And all she do is TikTok. Oh, wow. And then she TikTok, and her mama found out that she was uh, giving random people on the internet her password. So I said, well, what do you expect from a nine-year-old? Why the fuck did you give a fucking third grader a phone, dumb-dumb? I said, next thing you're going to do, they're going to show up at the house. 
one year I went on a Disney trip and I, I was being cheap. So I flew half of my family on Southwest and I flew me and my husband and my daughter first class on Delta. As you should. And so I put my daughter, I put my niece, put my, my four kids I have custody with, with my dumb ass son. On the <laughs> way back on Southwest, she meets this lady. And so my daughter was a big, my daughter's a big fucking Democrat. And all she talked about was Trump, 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 Trump. So she started to instill it in these little kids that I'm raising. And so this white lady sat down next to my niece and she said, first thing she said, did you vote for Trump? Are you racist? Just out of the random blue exes lady this. Had this long ass conversation about race. She's on, She was only like seven or eight. Gave the lady all address. And the lady sent her cookies and said, I appreciate the conversation we had about Don't race. Don't eat those cookies. Oh, we ate them got them cookies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they wasn't baked. It was a dough. And it came from another company. Okay. Okay. It was, okay, a, okay, it was okay, a card okay. in there that she said that said, um, you know, she wasn't racist and she enjoyed the conversation and and she loved her outlook yeah, on people life. People that aren't racist normally don't send cookies to black people to convince them that they're not racist. Well, I think she was <laughs> blown away at the conversation this uh, young kid was having with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had to set her down and say, if you ever in your fucking life give somebody our address. Out of the random blue, I mm-hmm. will kill you because she didn't send enough cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great Miranda Cosgrove. She's a, a showboat, uh, endless uh, showboat. talent. <laughs> she is. Uh, she was cast at what seven, based on <laughs> charm and in raw talent alone. And we have her today. <laughs> See, I need help with these. <laughs> Talking is not my strong suit. It is yours. And, uh, it's not. And, but she said earlier, I'm good at reading a prompter. Good I at am. reading a prompter. I am I'm scared now that I said that. Horrible but. at it. So now we will have uh, the great Miranda Cosgrove take it away. Say goodbye to stressful student loan payments and take charge of your future with Ernest. Ernest offers low-rate student loan refinancing, and you can check your rate risk-free in just two minutes. With Ernest, you get radically flexible payments, and you can pick your loan term. By refinancing, you can reduce your loan term, save money, or combine multiple loans into a simple monthly payment. And if you have questions, you can even talk to a real-life human at Ernest for help. Isn't it time you stopped feeling overwhelmed by your student debt? Ernest is offering our listeners a $100 cash bonus. Refinance your student debt at Ernest.com slash Whitney. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Ernest is giving our <laughs> listeners a $100 bonus. Refinance your student loans at Ernest.com slash Whitney. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, you get a $100 cash bonus when you visit Ernest.com slash Whitney to refinance your student loan. Not available in all states. Terms and conditions apply. Visit Ernest.com slash Whitney for more details. This, this part's crazy. This is real. I'm scared. Let's see if we can do it together. Terms and conditions, conditions apply. apply. <laughs> Ernest student loan refinancing made Ernest oops, made by I see every other word on a prompter. I think I have like a like an ocular migraine. Okay, ready? Ernest student loan refinancing made by Ernest Operations LLC NMLS number one two zero four nine one seven. California financing law license number six zero five four seven eight eight three zero three Second Street Suite four zero one N San Francisco California nine four one zero seven. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses. And my mind is completely blown. So I just happened to be talking to my very good friend, Miranda Cosgrove. Um, humble brag. 
Uh, and we often, when we talk, when the cameras aren't rolling, we talk about multivitamins. Yeah, they're really important. They're if you're not taking one, who are I mean, you? What are you taking? <laughs> I mean, look at you. I mean, the vi- you must take vit- you must deep throat vitamins constantly. <laughs> Those teeth, the whites of your eyes. <laughs> Dead silent. The the vitamin company I know and trust is called Ritual. Protein powders, they can feel intimidating. Don't they intimidate you a little bit? Yeah. Because you got to mix it. You got to blend it. What do you put it in with? I you know it's going to come out the right consistency. Whenever I make a smoothie, I forget to put the top on and then it just sprays, it everywhere. sprays strawberries and, and blackberries everywhere. And it looks like someone, you know, gave birth in my kitchen and there's a placenta floating around. But not ritual. Oh, See, I love Ritual so much. I sit with it between my legs the entire podcast because their team of scientists, hello, Harvard, and maybe Haverford, these scientists reimagine protein from the ground up. There's a double entendre. It is all is pre-ground as well and inside out from how it's made to who it's for and why it's needed. <laughs> What's the result, Miranda? The result is a delicious plant-based protein offered in three premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrients Mm. needs all made with the same high standards approach and commitment to traceability. It seems like you need some protein power. It seems like you're starting to lose some energy. (laughs) It's made traceable. Did you know that? No, I did not. Well, now you do. Now, what excuse do you have? Commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. Traceable, like what your stalkers do. (laughs) that's the only traceable uh, experience you've had. You know what, Miranda? You know what I think? What? I think you deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why. Which brings me to the guys you date. (laughs) From the guys you date to the protein you drink, this is a -a one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. (laughs) Can you see the chain? Can you see it? It's visible. It's plant-based. Yeah. And... You'll always know what's in their formulas, what ingredients come from, and why they're included. There's a, I I always have questions about why the ingredients are there. Vegan friendly, sugar free, free of soy, mm-hmm. no artificial flavors, non-GMO. I just love <laughs> that this is supporting daily health. For tomorrow, as much as today, you got to think ahead. It's made with nutrients that support bones, brains. Hopefully you only have one brain, but as as all the ones you have, it supports and it, and muscles. It, will, it supports your muscles to help you maintain muscle mass as you age. Like you're getting up there. You're getting yeah. older. You're going to need you're, this. You're one seven hour sleep night away from having osteoporosis. Let's be honest. So I've learned so many things here today that I never. So tell me something. Why not shake up your ritual? Give me one reason. I don't have a reason. I can't think of one. I want to shake it up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so to make things new, less scary, because I know that's a very scary prospect for you to, to incorporate try this. Yeah, to get a new, to commit to something, something, man or otherwise. Ritual offers a money back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Do you want to be the person that works at Ritual who gets an email from Miranda Cosgrove saying, I want my money back? No. 
they would never put themselves in this situation. So I believe them. My listeners, in fact, are going to get 10% off during your first three months because they need protein to get through listening to this podcast. <laughs> so visit ritual.com slash Whitney to add essential protein today. What's that, M? That is ritual.com slash Whitney. You just have to be, you have to be real protected of kids because I mean, the internet is internet is mm-hmm. a whole different world. Mm-hmm. Literally, it controls them. They will walk out the door and get in the car with somebody you never see them see them again. That's right. And our version of it is is when creeps used to pick us up and try to hassle us. It was always, "Hey, I'm a friend of your mom's." Like if they're following you, start. Uh, we I saw you at the ice cream store the other day. You don't remember me? Like they would. And black kid was like, "No, nigga, I don't know you. <laughs> Fuck out my face. You ain't my mama friend. She in jail. Oh, wrong kid." <laughs> <laughs> lying motherfuckers <laughs> but, but it's like yeah I mean it, it's like the danger has always kind of existed but now it's like just a direct line to kids that have no idea what consequences yeah. are and then, and then the parents the parents have no fucking idea what they're typing or who they're seeing and you look up and you look up and they, they fucking they're out the door and they're gone wild so no I wouldn't give I have kids at the house now between 7 and 13 I would never give them a fucking phone. You know what I do like is that you can track them. You can do that fr- that Well they're smart. They can take your tracker off. I tried to track my son Jumba. Every time that mother I tracked him to the front door. That motherfucker ding ding bitch I'm out of here. Tuck the tracker off every time. Ah! The thing where it's like you can find someone's location. Mhm. He would cut his off every time. He's too smart for his own good. Yeah. <laughs> so once they figure out you tracking them you know, they'll lie. They'll leave their phone at somebody's house and go do whatever the fuck they want to do. Right. It, it's not easy raising kids. You know, when, <laughs> when we got past VCRs, it was over. Wow. Yeah. Because you were in control. You got the movie from Blockbuster. Yeah. You're going to do whatever I say. And then that movie's right here. Now they can get it whenever they you want. You want to hear something crazy? Yes. So I'm raising my niece four kids. And, and I don't know where the fuck they get this from. They was Googling. Elsa sucking dick. And Elsa do suck dick on, on the internet. I had no fucking idea. I said, what what made you even think that Elsa suck dick? Look, it's a cartoon on it. Elsa sucking dick. I can't believe I just Googled that. That totally ruined my algorithm. God. Now I'm never going to be able to run for you the see, office. You see? <gasps> Elsa sucking dick. I hate this. I hate it. No. They Googled that. No. No. She makes eye contact during her dick sucking. Bitch, let it go. Let that dick go. <laughs> Get your hand off it. I hate this. This is what they Google. This, this is frozen is never, sex. There's a lot frozen of frozen sex. That's what it. <gasps> oh no! This is a gangbang. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gangbang of Elsa. Look at all those dicks. Skipped an ad. Even the ads are porn. Excuse me, if you y'all are in your car taking your kid to school. How do I skip the ad? Oh no! That's called the walrus. The what? She's doing the walrus when you have two dicks at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the walrus. I'm telling you. This is Elsa. Yeah. With four dicks. And my kids Google that. I would never give them a phone. I don't even know what made them think Elsa sucked dick. But they learned how to spell dick and Elsa and they put it together. There's no way dicks in th- this Frozen movie are circumcised. What this is, their magical land they live in for sure are just like <laughs> snipping dick skin off when they're born. But And she has a shaved pussy. That's not our girl. That's not our girl. She would have blonde braided 
beautiful pubes. <laughs> well, thank God for that. So what happened? Can't you do a thing where you can turn off certain websites on? No, I beat these shit out of them. Okay. <laughs> and I took the fucking device. Good. Yeah, that was on the iPad. And I, I go to my iPad and it's all Elsa sucking dick. And I was like, who want to see Elsa sucking dick? And I clicked on it. I was like, oh my God, these kids been watching porn. The sequel nobody wanted. Yeah, and then, you know, they're in, they're in uh, middle school. They was like, you know, fourth, third or fourth grade. And you know what's fascinating? I saw there's a TED Talk by this woman, Gail Dines, and I and I watched her speak somewhere, and she was talking about how porn now is so rough for for kids because when, when, when kids were, um, you know, 8, 10, 12, you know, 20 years ago, and if they just wanted to learn about sex, which every kid wants to do, they would, like, get the Sears catalog and go to the lingerie section, or they would, you know, watch, look at a, their dad's Playboys. You know, you would just see boobies and butts, you know? Now, if you Google boobies, butts, if you just want to learn the basics about sex with an innocent mind, just, just normal puberty and curiosity, it goes straight to, like, fisting, gangbang, rape porn. And it's like... That's not what they signed up. They just want to see boobies. And now they're going... Sh- and so that's what they learned sex is at a very young age. I mean, we didn't know about any of that stuff when we were kids. Like, we didn't no. have access. You would have to go to Thailand to see it. Now you can just... It's the first thing that comes up when you Google sex. It's something yeah. degrading or gross or triple anal bang, gang, bang. And that's why I make sure they don't have a phone. We don't have to bring gangs into it. Can we just have sex without... <laughs> Is gangs when other people participate? Well, no, it's like a gang bang. When it's more than one, when it's like four or five guys fucking a girl. It's a gang bang. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I feel like we just made nine gifts out of just that reaction. (laughs) Not. <laughs> I would send that on a text chain and just conversation. Too much for me these days. Okay, what's okay. The, next? the last thing, no, the last thing because I know I've, I got to get you out of here. I know you're exhausted and you're doing a ton of press. I want to talk just about your podcast, just real mm-hmm. quick, because it is such a great way for people to be able to like connect to you and get like weekly doses of you. YouTube, Spotify, just all the regular, all the platforms, places. And what day does it come out? Uh, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday. Thirty minutes, genius. Because you, it. I also love that these two guys didn't really get along in the beginning. They didn't. Fascinating. They. Um, Dion was the first comedian that I met um, when I first got to Indiana. He was a young comic. He had just started. So we've been friends for over fifteen years. And Chris worked at the Bob and Tom show. And when I started, when Joe Rogan kept saying, "Start the fucking podcast." Mm-hmm. Chris was familiar with podcasts, so I got him first. But I was like, this is not enough energy. We need somebody else. But I knew that Dion thought that Chris was racist and that he hated him. Chris grew up in the neighborhood that I live in now, which was all white back then. Mm. And he had never had a black friend. He had never dealt with black folks. He had only thought one way. I mean, he wasn't racist or anything. Mm-hmm. He just didn't bother to look outside of his little circle, his comfortable circle. So when I put him on a podcast and Dion was like, how you fucking deal with that racist? I said, I know a racist and he's not one. I said, what he is is that he has not taken the time to teach his, himself anything about black America. Mm-hmm. And so I got him together and a few podcasts down the road, now they can't stop telling each other that they love him. Oh. And that's what the audience love about it. Two people, two different races from two different walks of life, but with a simple conversation with my big black ass in the middle, 
it brought it together. And pe we pe we get letters all the time. Oh, my God, Chris. I wish I could sit and talk to black people like you. I've seen Chris grow so much. Like, he was like, oh, well, I got white privilege. What do you want me to do? And he was like, no, God damn it. We got to do something about this. And he's, he's and like, he was, Chris came to me. I'm not going to say he was broken, but he had no fucking courage. Mm. He couldn't, I mean, he had no backbone. And and I will fuck with him. And Dion will say, stand up for him. Stand up to yourself. And I did it to make him stand up for himself. Now he got a voice. He be tearing my ass up now. If you go back, like, the beginning, he had no fucking backbone. He was so scared of me. Yep. He walked into my black hollow, and everybody looking like, hey, how the fuck you doing? And walked by me. He was so, you could see him sweating. He just family now. Uh. He's comfortable. And, you know, he know how to talk to people. He realized we all the fucking same. Mm -hmm. We're not what what you thought society say we are mm -hmm. when we close. We, we fuck. We all live as a lot. We are, we people. Mm -hmm. We're fucking human. Humans. And I think that I mean this is something that like last over the last like pandemic I've tried to sort of do with the podcast of like put myself in a situation where it's like I'm I'm willing to ask the dumb questions. Like because yeah, I think the dumbest of, question is a question not asked. Because a lot Ms. of people are so that. afraid of coming off racist mm -hmm. that they're just being. I don't know. When you sat here and you said "efoliate," which it didn't click, which I knew. I said, like, "What the fuck is that?" But I said it wrong too. I, I don't give a fuck I don't, if I don't know a word or what it means. I'm gonna say, "Excuse me, mm -hmm. what do that word mean?" Right. I mean, some people say, "Oh, I know no the fuck I don't know." And because here's the thing, about. and it's like, and like having you know when the George Floyd, um, uh, you know, nightmare murder happened, and just asking questions like, like what, and just saying, "What's annoying about what? Am, what am I not seeing? What am I not understanding?" Because, and this is something that is so important about your show, and I'm sure I'm not going to say this elegantly, and I'm sure it's going to come off gross or sticky or tricky. The TV shows that I grew up watching with black leads and black families was very much through the lens of white people. and To make you comfortable. It's always to make white America comfortable. I remember watching they the Cosby show being like, well, this problem solved. Uh, no, the fuck Looks it like was Looks like racist is, is racism. There's no, what do you mean black people are rich? They uh, live in brownstones. They're guiding colleges. And black people saying, that's not me, motherfucker. Who is that represents? That doesn't represent my family. That doesn't represent what, and they don't. And then you get to go to bed at night feeling like you're a good person because you watch a black sitcom and you're not racist because that's my favorite show. But the it was not portraying, uh, you know, through the eyes of black producers, no. writers, and creators. Well, they don't. They don't. They can't portray through all lens mm -hmm. because it's too fucking truthful. Frenchman's in Bel Air. It, I was like, black people live in Bel Air. Yeah, there's no. We're great. So it's like. To it's it's the portrayals I think that a lot of white people have seen was obviously catered. Well, like it's, 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 it's go both ways. I grew up watching Leave It to Beaver, mm -hmm. and I thought white people had no problems in the world. Mm -hmm. I thought all white mom was perfect with pearls around their mouth, helping beaver with their homework. Mm -hmm. No, them bitches take pills and drive their cars off of bridges, and they have problems too. Yep, we all have problems, but it's TV wants wanted to make you wanted to make it look like. White people had their shit together, so they pushed that on the whole fucking country for so mm -hmm. many years. And I think so, that's part of the reason once Roseanne came around, forget the what's happened recently, it was like, yeah, that's what my house looks like. That's what. Well, that's why America could relate to Roseanne, black and white, mm -hmm. because that's what it was like. Okay, that's a middle class. Okay, they struggle. Yeah, she's a waitress. She has two jobs. Like they're they're talking about paying bills. Like they're their couch they put, is dirty. But, but when they put Theo Vidal on TV, you remember Theo? Mm -mm. Theo Theo Vidal. Yeah. T-H-E-A. Oh. Remember the comedian Theo? Oh, yes. Remember she had that sitcom? 
They put her on TV as a black single mom and black America say, you're not going to do that to us motherfuckers. Oh my God, that was that on BET or stuff? No, there wasn't no BET. I'm we sorry, no, on UPN. Was it on no, UPN? No, that was ABC, I think, or CBS. Oh, I forgot about this. Good show, really fucking good show. And then you feel like the, the backlash against... I think the backlash of that show is that she was a single mom. With, with with four or five jobs. Whereas if you're a white woman and you play a single mom in a movie, you get an Oscar. Well, they wasn't putting white women on TV back then when Theo had that show mm-hmm. as single mom. Because I was going to portray them like, oh, we're lolly top, 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 top. We got our shit together. You know, I've I've literally heard white people think that black people don't have daddies. Or daddies are not in the household. I, I think we did it in this episode or the pilot where... My daughter was, I have, I was getting my daughter back teeth, wisdom tooth pool. She was getting ready to go graduate from high school. I was getting a wisdom tooth pool. And the appointment got mixed up. So I called and I said, ma'am, you guys didn't call me. I'm trying to figure out. She said, well, we called the other number. I said, oh, that's her daddy number. Uh, why didn't you guys call me? They was like, well, I thought her daddy, I thought it was just the daddy. I said, bitch, what make you think he's a single parent? So you just gonna assume because these they're black that they didn't have a she don't have a fucking mom? Mm. Fuck is wrong with you? I said, can I assume that your pussy is raggedy and your husband is cheating? <laughs> this is what I say to the dentist. Oh, this lady. <laughs> it's since we're assuming, ho. But yeah. now assume that you're not gonna charge my insurance company because I'm gonna go somewhere where people don't assume that my black child don't have a fucking mom or dad. But in America, the way the way they've fucking portrayed us in this country they tell us they tell you we don't work we don't have money we on welfare it's more white people on welfare than any fucking that's thing. right yeah that's they right. tell you that we're the convicted fellas prison we're the drugs you motherfucking yeah. white women pop pills and be walking around my neighborhood in like Brentwood. in Br- in brentwood every fucking Affluent ones are almost as uh, and then the uh, you know the opioid crisis in appalachia is yeah and they, they, oh it's a problem with opioid but it was not a problem with crack yeah there's oh we gotta do something about opioid well you didn't do a motherfucking thing there's about 7, crack but put niggas in jail there's seven thousand um uh kids in foster care in west virginia that are white and were born addicted to opiates. But yeah. that's not going to be front page, you know. No, because they they don't want to talk about it when it's a problem that affect white America. So that's the problem. That's why you thought black people had their shit together because they put TV shows on like the Cosby mm-hmm. to tell you everything was all right in the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't you just, I, the biggest thing I used to hear is, why can't you pull yourself up by the bootstrap? Well, bitch, what if you ain't born with no boots or no goddamn straps? Yeah. What if you ain't got that? If a motherfucker got boots and strapped to start with and they tie them up, they got a head start on you. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Do you feel pressure when you're in the writer's room and, and thinking of ideas of like, I have to not only be funny, but I have to like, like you have, is there pressure on your shoulders to make a show that, that is, black America is going to preach? That either that or just like, I need to change the minds of people, you know, like just no, the pressure. This show is not a teaching moment for white people. This is not a black show. Mm-hmm. It's an American show. Yeah. I don't go on stage to perform for black people. I go on stage to perform for people. My shit, I try to make sure it resonates across the board. Mm-hmm. My audience is probably 85% white people right now anyway. So black people have really not caught on to me as of yet. I know they coming and I love my people, yep. but I do nothing to say I'm here for black people. And there's something I'm here for white for people. When the hate comes, like don't look at or the negativity or whatever. People like you can't portray this. And why are you portraying this? It's like I'm don't, mean. Don't look at the fact that that there's negativity. It's more like 
the fact that there's so much pressure on one person because there's so few opportunities to be represented that everyone's like, you have to do it this way, you have to do it this way. It's like, it's not my fault I'm walking into a situation that just... Ha- I mean, when's the last time there's a, a black mom starring on a TV show? Uh, pro- the black there. woman? That was that yep. the last one? Yep. That's the last... I can't find... Other than Sitcom. give me a break, but that... And, and Monique was not... That wasn't her show. That was her daughter's 1993 show. 1993. Which was who? Was Thea's, Thea's show that's on ABC. That's the last black mother that started her own show as a lead. Now, why the fuck is that? Wild. Why the fuck is that? Why is that? Because I, I have a theory that moms are actually the best. Like, whenever I'm hiring staff for TV shows, I always want to hire moms. A lot of people want to go like, oh, if you hire a mom, they're going to have to leave her. Moms are the best at managing time. They're the best at handling tantrums when people are being assholes. They're the best. They're like an octopus. They can do 15 things because they're just used to it. Like moms are the best people to have on your team if you're making a TV show under stress because they always know what to do. Someone's freaking out. They're like, do you need a water? I'll make you a sandwich. Like they handle egos. They handle negativity because half the time people are freaking out. They just have fucking low blood sugars. Moms get that, you know, do you need to go take a nap? And they'll be like, yeah, I kind of (laughs) do, you know, so it's like you're really like having to wrangle cats and moms have that skill set. Like you walking onto that set, having raised all the children you've raised, like made you infinitely like like you would have been so stressed out. Had you, you're like you're like this isn't stressful. I know stress. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is it, not it. You know, I thought I was gonna feel a lot of pressure with writing, and you know, get, then you have to go to the producers meeting, then you have to go uh, production act, meeting, production meeting, acting, casting. But it, it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. You know, because I'm, I'm a person that I can do multiple things. And yeah. I don't really like, like, I can have something going here, something going. It doesn't matter to me. I know how to get it all done yep. by the end of the day if it if it do by the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a multitasker. So it didn't really, I never just felt like I carried this show. Right. Like it was just on me. Unless it was, you had to really fuck up that strip. Right. For me to do that. And we made, we, me and Jordan, uh, Cooper made sure that we didn't get to that point. Right. But it wasn't easy. It's yeah. not an easy job, though. No. Long hour acting and, you know, you got to go and you got to remember your lines. It's just that I'm not lazy, so I, I remember my fucking lines. But also you're a comic. Like, I mean, there's such a difference because, you know, I, it was so weird to me when I was doing a multicam show that actors would come on and be nervous in front of the audience. And I was like... I'm only nervous when there's not an audience around, you know, because I'm like, is this funny? I don't know if this is good. When there's an audience, I know it's like that's our North Star. You yeah. like, just come alive. You, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm like, nope. But when the audience is there, I'll get that boost of adrenaline. Like, I will come alive. You know, I'll be, I'll remember the lines. I'll get it. I'll know what to do. You know, so it's also there's so few comics these days that are doing the multicams. It's a lot of like actors. So it's like the magic of that, I just think is going to be just gangbusters i love a fucking audience i mean uh multicam at first i thought i was like this is a stage play i can't do this and he was like yes you can Mm -hmm. and i fucking loved it so good when that audience night came alive you know you you take one without an audience right then you take one with an audience oh i just came a fucking most of the clip came from the live audience oh so good yeah because i mean you're a comic and you feed off of it i remember i was working with kim phil and she wanted me to say oh that when you see it in the clip oh it (laughs) took forever Ever. I could I was like, I feel stupid, but as soon as that audience Came got in, there, bam, I no, got it. And it was so fucking funny. So good. And then you and it's so clear 
the joy that comes through. It doesn't feel like acting. It just you, you're able to settle into your skin because like, you don't have to worry about if something's good or not because the audience that's their job. They'll yeah. let you know. They'll let you know. You don't have to go. Oh no, is that funny? It's like no, they're clapping. That was good. Next. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you got like that team with you or something. Last question I'm going to ask. Are there any episodes that you did not get to this season that you were like dying to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was an episode about my mom boyfriend molesting me that we wrote. And I just felt like it it didn't do justice. It wasn't there yet. So mm. and, and it was it when, when we presented it, I was all for it. And then once once I started going through it, it got a little heavy. So I removed it and we switched it. And I remember the person who wrote it, they was like, well, you know how healing this could be for 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 the world. And I said, but I'm not ready. But it's also not your responsibility to heal the world. Well, you know, she just thought so many people would appreciate an episode so deep and with a little humor behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like, they're going to love it. And I was like, nah. They are. And but my thing is, if someone is a sexual assault survivor, don't force them to do something they don't want to do. That's how this started. So yeah. you do it on your terms when you're ready. Maybe second season. Yeah. I just you... wasn't. It wasn't. I was like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. All we have is our gut instinct. That's all we have at yeah. the end of the day. And That's... I removed it. And, and we didn't have a strip. And they was like, what the fuck are we going to do? We're going to write another fuck strip. That's what we're going to do. Right now. And right now, and that's what we did. Because, I, I mean, I told the neighbor, hey, this make me uncomfortable. I know it's a story that Jordan and I was wanted to tell, but not this season. Mm. Plus, you know, we talked about real shit. Like, we had an episode where we talked about derogatory words. Mm-hmm. You know, him. we did an episode about him, them, and their, the pronouns. Right. Um, we talked about uh, my first kid's father abusing me, how he come back into the kid's life, which mm. is very funny. But was very fucking emotional. The fucking audience had tears coming out of the eye. The the finale was very heavy and real. You know, between a, a situation between me and my real sister and I mean, and a cousin and my life that I brought, me and Jordan brought to the flow and put it in the character of Tammy Roman, uh, who's plays my sister. So that wasn't a dry eye. And I was so glad that the episodes were switched because that was episode, that was finale 10, but we had to tape nine first because I wouldn't have wanted to leave that season with that feeling that I had. Yes. After taping it, I I felt like I had really lost somebody I cared about. So it was very emotional. I was so glad it was over. And then the next day, we, we taped the club episode, and it, it made it feel so much better. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we'll end on that note. Yeah, we, we ended up, we sw- we just switched position. It wasn't our fault. We didn't want to, but something happened that we had to. And it worked out great. You know how few shows can make you laugh and cry? The last one that really did it well, sitcom, was Roseanne, the first iteration of it. And that's mm-hmm. why, I remember when she... You know, Jackie was abused by her boyfriend, uh, George Clooney's character, weirdly. Remember? Jack- what, is it wasn't? No, it was Fisher. Fisher. Was Fisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting hit by a guy named Fisher, add insult to injury. And um, uh, she was abused. And remember she did the DJ wouldn't kiss the black girl in the school play? Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the girl's dad came to her work and she locked the door. I mean, shit like that where you're like, that is, this is a comedy, but uh, like... And that's what you're going to get. You know, I see a lot of, um, well, they say, you know, when you watch the pilot, I mean, when you watch the show, 
You see a little Archie Bunker in there too, mm. and you know, um, what's his name who did the show with Archie Bunker? Who created the show? Um, was it Norman Lear. Lear? He watched the pilot and called me and was oh, like, "Oh man!" Uh, he was like, "Y'all did a wonderful job." He said, "You did stuff I wish I could have done." <sighs> and I didn't think Norman Lear was gonna watch the pilot. He's ninety something years old, and he literally called and we had a Zoom. And I, I'll never forget this shit. And he was like, this is a good fucking show. And I was a little worried because we on a new platform. But I truly believe this show is strong enough where it's going to bring people who didn't even know we, this, this platform existed just to enjoy a great show. And here's the good thing about platforms. Like, I did the show Two Broke Girls. People come up to me. They're like, it's my favorite show ever. It's my favorite show. Like, I live for it. I've seen every episode. I'll say, what channel is it on? They'll be like, uh, channels don't matter anymore. People will Google Miss Pat sitcom and then whatever the link is will come up and they'll go to it. Yeah. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's the days of just scrolling, looking for something are over. They will go for you and find you wherever it is. Yeah. Wherever it is, they will find it. No one anymore is like, I just watch ABC. Whatever's on is on. They just, they go for their person and then they find it. So net, there's a point where networks won't really matter that much. Well, and and that's what I believe. I, th- I think it, I think it's strong. I think is is good, and I think people would. I think it would get some attention. I'm hoping and praying it will. I'm going to just before we go. Um, I just want to play the trailer for everybody because the trailer made me laugh. The trailer made me laugh harder than most full episodes of comedies. What's up, y'all? I'm Miss Pat, and I just moved to Plainfield, Indiana. Well, the corn is high and the black population is me and my damn family. We are the Schaefers. And we're the Carsons, the Ford, and the James. You really think they would have killed him if he wasn't white? You do realize black folks don't have to play the lottery no more. You just wait till the police shoot your child and you might get a $4 million check. And then they tax the shit. <laughs> we moved here because of my husband's job. Now, this is way better than Atlanta, right? They got dogs, there's tiki torches, and it's diverse. Diverse? There's all kinds of white people. <laughs> and it ain't just me and my husband. We got a house full of people that we want to kick the hell out. Like my mooching ass sister Denise. Them bitches choired me, sis. What the hell is choir? Fired me when I was about to quit. <laughs> and I got two sets of kids. My Blue Cross Blue Shield set. That's Janelle. What did he say? Girl, he just called you a single parent. <laughs> what make you think I'm a single parent? Racism. And Junebug. Are you having sex? You think I'm having sex? But calm your ass down and answer the question. My Medicaid set, that would be Ashley. You look good. You lost weight. Me? Look at you. Looking like yourself. <laughs> and Brandon. What you do that for? I was just about to win a level of Call of Duty. You need to call a job and duty your ass up out my house. <laughs> we're not your normal TV family, and we're not trying to be. Do you know the mess you put us through as kids? How we had to watch Lloyd beat you and then watch you fight every woman he cheated with? You didn't have to watch. You could have helped the bitch out. <laughs> but I can tell you one damn thing. We got a lot of love. <laughs> the Miss Pat Show is a grown folk sitcom. Kiss my ass, Terry. But if you cuss at your kids like I do, them ugly motherfuckers watch you with you too. Come on, it's time to go. It's the Miss Pat Show. Yes, B E T plus <laughs> happening. I was twelve. I'm ne- I'm never happy for anyone. Thank you. I I don't think mo- most people do not get what they deserve. Most people get more than they deserve. Most people like get chances they don't deserve. You're the first person I've been happy for. 
Well, thank like, you. Like, since <laughs> I started in this business. This is the first time it's like, yes, this is what the business should be doing. Finally. Thank you. I'm thank so you. happy for you. And I am I know that the going from Fox to Hulu, it's a rigmarole and it's a nightmare. But I do feel like as annoying as that probably was, it ha- like all fell together exactly how it should. Well, sometimes you got to let the universe, you got to follow the universe. And that's what I did. I, I'm at a place where I'm supposed to be. Rejection's God's protection. That's right. Because so. if you were doing that at this show, you couldn't have done this at nah. those other networks. You couldn't have done it. No. They didn't want the truth. No. Are no. you going to tour at all? Yeah, I'm, I, I leave tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so what? MissPat.com? Uh-huh. Go to MissPatComedy.com. Did you shoot some of the show during the pandemic? All of it. All of it. See, mm-hmm. that, I was on a TV set sort of right as we were in masks and it was only a skeleton crew and we shot everything outside and it was, everyone was so scared that, and everyone just wanted to get the take so fast. There was no like, let's do it again and play. Let's do it. And like, you know, the people that were there were resentful because some people got to stay home but still get paid. And so the people that were there were like, well, why do I have to be here if everyone else gets to stay home and get, you know, because they had a more vital job or whatever. And it was like a bunch of funny actors on a set, like not feeling funny because there was just fear in the air. No, we shot. We was very messed up and and equipment down, but we shot during the pandemic. We did so cool. Yeah, we shot during the pandemic. It was it was hard to wear that mess and keep on a mask. And you know, I'm the star, and if I go down, the fucking show go down. And my sister, you know, somebody who working, you know, we had a few COVID cases that happened, and it was it was it was wild. I don't mean to be the like silver lining person. The last thing I'll say is. I do think first year of a show, the, how the, how high the stakes are, how much pressure there is, and everybody, regardless of how not sexist or not racist you are, there is a when a star has ideas or says, "I'm not saying that we're stop we're fixing this." There's uh, like everyone's just like, you know, when you're in charge, you just become the person that gets them home later because you have standards and want to make the show good, whatever. It's almost like I feel like having a real problem was probably a nice distraction so people didn't make fake problems. Yeah. Because the set's all bitchy fake. People recreate the childhood circumstances. But, you know, not my set. Yeah. We play music. We had, I, you know, I spoke to everybody from the person who swept the flow. There wasn't a day I didn't walk in there. I saw my name all over. I didn't give a fuck about no call sheet. Who was first on the call sheet? All I gave a fuck is my check cleared. I didn't give a fuck about being no star. And I told my cats, we're all stars because it takes all of us to make this shit work. Yep. I can't do this by myself. I love you. I can't keep you any longer. I know you have a million other press things to do. What's next? Um, I fly to Minnesota. I fly, I fly out tomorrow. Okay. What other yeah. press are you doing? Uh, I think I got some phone interviews. I, mean, I have a meeting at 630. Uh-huh. And um, I might have a phone interview a little late now to shoot a fucking video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you. I cannot. This is like the only TV I will watch. I don't watch anything. Well, thank you. I I, I truly appreciate the damn support. I'm just so happy that it was on your terms. Me too. Because I, there was times I thought I was going to fall for the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I stood up for what I believe in. So if it don't work, at least I believed in it. Yep. And also you can say, because, you know, you when you do multicam, you do three usually three shows on, one week off, whatever. I always like to add, I say, I want in the budget, I want an extra week in case I need more time. Because you're in costume, you're in war, you're doing all this other shit. It's like there's, there's also, I mean, Louis C.K., who, you know, 
was Louis C.K. at the time, so he had power, but he was making his TV show and it was supposed to come out and I want to say May and he was like, it's not ready. I need more time. Like, I'm not happy with it. And they pushed it a year. Which is like, I wouldn't want to push that long, which is the ability to not be like, this train is moving and it can't be stopped. It can be stopped. If you're uncomfortable, if you don't like something, it's like, I'm not going to make a bad show because you guys are rushing me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to take the time. You don't shoot a special till it's ready. You're not like, well, I guess I got to put this out, you know. Unless you need the money. Unless. <laughs> In which case, this is good enough. <laughs> good fucking no. I can't wait to do another special. Uh, I'm working on one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and um, buy your book, Rabbit. Oh, Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'll go to my website, misspatcomedy.com. And I'm on all platforms, too, as comedian Miss Pat. M-S-P-A-T. And do not follow uh, one of her kids on TikTok. Unfollow her kids. Oh, my granddaughter. Oh, your granddaughter. We, we, cut, we cut it off. She can't follow her. I don't even fucking know her name on TikTok. Thank God for that shit. <laughs> what if she's just going as Miss Pat and getting all your traffic? I'll beat her ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I end these very awkwardly. I love you, Miss Pat. Thank you for making the time. Thank you for the Fountain Orange. I haven't had that shit in years. And thank you for having me. I love you so much. And thank you to your publicist who made this happen. I know you're the real person I need to thank. And Reg. Yeah, they're wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Pat! The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.